to a new episode of Hot Singles with me, Regs, and my regular co-host, Autumn. Hi, that's me. That's Autumn. You just heard them. Sick. Yeah. We are joined this week by very special guest, Marcy. Very special. Thank you. I'm, I'm honored. Medium special. Damn. Wait, well, don't let her get too full of herself. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what, you know what? That's good advice, honestly. <laughs> so now that we've substantially checked the ego of our guest, <laughs> we're going to talk about some albums. Um, we got three albums. Have we decided on an order for this? So we got no, a, no, not at all. Not, not at all. Um, so the three albums we're talking about are "Strange Mercy" by St. Vincent, "Live Love ASAP" by ASAP Rocky, and "E" by um. Uh, Echo 2K. Echo 2K. How did I fucking blank on the fucking art's name? Echo 2K. Um, I have a gut feeling we've got... Sometimes, like, we have, like, a strong, like, narrative sense of, like, which albums to do in which order. I don't think there is quite that through line this time, so I'm pretty flexible about which order we go. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is just, like, chronologically, like, Echo 2K's rap music that's post-Rocky. Is there a reason to do... Is the reason to swap them in order, or should we do Rocky before Echo 2K? See, yeah, in, my head, uh, in my head, in my head, it had it has Saint Vincent, Echo, and ASAP. I'm happy with that order because I think that. that's well, let's just do that. Sick. Oh, 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 oh,
So, the album that I brought this week is Strange Mercy by St. Vincent. So the reason I brought this album was I found out a little while ago when we were doing some bonus party content that Autumn had not listened to any St. Vincent at all. And me being the person who has been like in in that sort of like pitchfork malaise of reading what important critics think about indie music for such a long time, I have always loved St. Vincent. Um, like, uh, Marry Me is an... In, uh, Marry Me? Why did I say Marry Me? Yeah, Marry Me is not the album that I like. Marry Me, I think, is a fairly, fairly mediocre album. Actor. Actor is our second album, which is pretty good. And ever since Actor, I've been like, ah, oh, St. Vincent, one of the great like rock auteurs of this generation. Um, and she's coming out with a new album in a month or so, and is slowly winding up the promo cycle for it. Um, it is an album called Daddy's Home, and the premise of that album, which I think is an interesting reframing for all of our conversation, is all the, the way through her artistic career, St. Vincent's dad has been in prison for doing like white collar Wall Street fraud of some sort. I don't know the details, but like that's a thing that's been going on in the background of her life. She hasn't talked about it for obvious reason, but now she's coming out with an album that's like sludgy late 70s psychedelic pop um, called Daddy's Home, which is very explicitly about like her relationship with her father and like him getting out of prison. And apparently he likes the album, but whatever. The bottom <laughs> line is... likes the album. <laughs> it's very important to know whether St. Vincent's now, um, now free father is interested. Please validate in... me, prison's dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please validate me, prison dad. That's a good combination of words. Um, I bring all this up because the sort of shtick with St. Vincent has always been she is this like, uh, like alien, weird cool creator who's like um obfuscatory in her interviews and like puts on this like beautiful very like managed facade that like in strange mercy is that you can see the artwork is this like teeth coming through latex um her, the follow-up to this wasn't a solo album it was a collab with david bunn um of talking heads fame called love this giant where she's got like weird prosthetics and this like gothic well frilly outfit on the next album is a self-titled album, which I think people described as like, uh, I, I don't know, space diva goddess. Um, and then Mass Seduction, the one following, was like, I think her own description of it, for better or worse, was Dominatrix at the Asylum. All of which are like very like stark, like hyper-produced, managed alien images that are very hard to empathetically engage with, but are like supposedly like technically exceptional and fabulous and ridiculous and that's the level you're supposed to engage with her as like the auteur and then suddenly she's got this weird like left turn when she's coming out with this new album that like is more revelatory about her personal circumstances while still doing the whole shtick of like this weird alienated persona and, like there's clearly a lot of like bowie going on there's clearly a lot of that like old rock diva persona thing coming through but, but, she does but. make good rock music, maybe. And I brought Strange Mercy as opposed to any of the other albums because I think it's the most consistently interesting music. And I thought if there was any music that would be like, okay, the shtick's a bit weird, but the music's really good, it would be this record. So, I think it's pretty good. Um, do, do people have, like, places they want to go with this now? 
I really tried. <laughs> it's like fine, I guess. It's like it's fine, like... I guess. Yeah. I'm really sorry. I, I did the whole spiel, and I'm just thinking you're like, this is all more interesting than like the album I listened to. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. 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 So like the sh- the the shtick is interesting in context because like what I care about with Saint Vincent is not any of the like the high and high concept drama. It's the guitar tones. I just want to hear like th- th- like I don't know what actually if it, there was anything that stood out to you in this album. But just like the thing that always does for me is I turn this album on and forget how obnoxious the guitar tones are. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll give I'll give the yeah I'll give the album that that like. The noisy guitar tones are definitely a distinct quality to the, like to see Vince's music that I could mm-hmm. I've seen. D- to it's me, a good tone. to me, it felt a lot like the distinct guitar tones were kind of obfuscating the the fact that these are pretty middle of the road pop songs. <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah, it was and, like and cool, kind of samey, <laughs> cool, interesting like noisy rock tones that are masqueraded in like this uh just driving millennial pop rock sound that like it's not something that i really go to for like yeah listening to music yeah and the strange thing is i agree with you both <laughs> this is an album i used to have on a fucking pedestal and it's just not there anymore like quite conclusively i've listened to this album a lot over the last couple of weeks and i just think it's far less like novel and remarkable than i thought it was a couple of years ago and that's fine yeah. But it's just very strange to have it moved down in my esteem so much. Uh, I like, think... Yeah. Hugo, Hugo, sorry. Yeah, so, like, the thing I will say, like, that grabs me is, like, there are a couple moments, like, the guitar tone on Clone the Afternoon and the, like, progression, like, this is a pop... These are... Most of them are just straight-up pop songs, but sometimes they are good pop songs, and I will give it that. Like, not all of them are good, and sometimes it is a bit drag, draggy and samey. And I think, like... Club in the Afternoon is a really good pop song that introduces the album in a really impressive way. Surgeon has one of the best guitar hooks I can think of. Like, I oh, I go back to this. I try and play it. I try and teach it to myself. Um, it's, uh, it's like, very quickly slides between this, like, slow, sludgy uh, intro to one of the, like, coolest chorus hooks that I can think of. Um, it's just for context, like she, she's talked in interviews about her influences and like, she talks about growing up listening to like Pearl Jam and Pantera. Like she's got a real like hard rock and metal, like shreddy background behind her. So like all the like, I wish this sounded anything like Pantera. That'd be so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like this is the thing. I think you take, you take the, like the ability to, to like do shreddy guitar parts or like wailing solos, but put it on like pop and indie forms and like this is what you end up with but like Sergeant I think's got an incredible like hook and then like occasionally she like does emotion and it's incredible um so the title track is like by far and away I think the most interesting track on the album um and like just I think it's got this like really heady build to it and then it like falls into the if I ever meet the dirty policeman who roughed you up which is just like one of the coolest moments and that moment still gets me. Like, the fact though is I'm talking about like three, and then I could probably pick out a couple other moments, but like I'm talking about three moments or textures in the whole album. And the rest of it feels so much less remarkable than I remember it. And I think it's just because like, I've heard a lot of good music in the intervening time that does 
so much more exciting things with pop songwriting. I think I've just been exposed to so much better songwriting in the intervening time that I don't like feel awed by the idea that someone can do pop music in this shiny posh, like poshed up, like in the artsy fartsy way. Yeah, I can. And I don't know like where you were when you first heard this album. I can imagine liking this album more if hounds of love wasn't my favorite album ever you know like um like i am just 100 percent totally in like my entire heart enamored with kate bush and i can hear saint vincent kind of doing kate bush but just like one of the great things about kate bush was that She she always had a different gear she could shift into. She always had a different mode. At, at, at least on Strange Mercy, all these songs are kind of like feel kind of like in the same place, and, and that play that place is not com- maybe complex enough that like I'm gonna stay interested for a whole forty minute album. Um, and. I, I there are moments I like. I like the first two songs. I like Dilettante a lot. I think Dilettante's probably my favorite song on the album. But um for the most part this album kind of just washed over me and then I listened to it like a second time and it washed over like a third, a fourth. It just was not sticking to me in any way. Um yeah. and I don't think it was bad. It was just nothing that like really hooked me. It I'll say that, like, maybe if I was listening to the paying more attention to the lyrics, maybe there would have been something there for me. So I'm going to say, like, there are a couple of interesting flourishes, but I don't think it's as interesting as. Yeah, (laughs) I I think, oddly enough, she gets better as a songwriter, sorry, as a lyricist through her career. And this is, like, fine, but not spectacular as a lyrical album. Yeah, like, it doesn't feel. I wasn't paying a, a great deal of attention to them, but it doesn't feel to me in the production like they're putting like the lyrics forward or the lyricism, and so it wasn't something that I like on any of these listens. I paid paid any special attention to because I don't think the album was calling my attention to those things. So yeah, again, like I think the best moments I have in my head are like Clown the Afternoon. Surgeon, Strange Mercy, Champagne Year. Those are those are moments where like the lyrics and the content do actually matter to some degree. Like, um uh, I make a living telling people what they want to hear. It's not a killing, but it's enough to keep the cobwebs clear. Uh, hmm. turning into I make a living telling people what they want to hear. Um and I have a feeling it's about to be a champagne year, but like ah, oh, great St. Vincent, like pulling the like the covers back about the fact that she's in the business of like artifice and like ah isn't that clever clever and like great yeah i think it's a wonderful little like subdued ballady ballady rock track but like that doesn't make a great album like strange mercy i think is the one track the title track i think is the one that like actually hits on like lyrical impact and songwriting structure that gives it moments to shine but like Again, I'm talking about one, maybe couple tracks on a longish album that, like, yeah, the rest of it feels like it sags. Like, the tracks I'm not talking about are Cruel and Cheerleader, and those are the two big singles that, like, kind of broke her. I immediately picked out Cruel as, like, oh, this is definitely the single, because I've heard this before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same, Um, same, same. 
<laughs> and like, yeah, I just listened to that now and I'm far less impressed with it. It's <laughs> sad for me to, to go through that process. Like, I mean, that's probably the only like, song I remember off this album. Yeah. If I'm honest. I mean, it's the straight up like... It's a good, it's a good lick. Yeah. Yeah. If you ask, that is a good lick. Again, like I think Sergeant's lick is far more interesting and makes for a more interesting track that like has a life beyond the like years that made St. Vincent a pseudo like pop star. Now I can say the thing which is like this got a nine point one from Pitchfork. Like there Why? was a, like a a real cult of like creator uh, like how do I put it? Um like she got turned into the the rock auteur of the moment and like the the like pedestalization was like real like this was a thing that people thought was going to be like the wave in rock music and they were I, sort of born out like i absolutely i absolutely see why this got the buzz that it did yeah like, i can hear it through it i can um, i can see i can see why some of these songs appeal to like that audience. I don't see like what about the whole project. And maybe I should have spent more time with her visuals. Maybe I should have like, I don't know, like nothing about the music really brought me to a place that I wanted to go learn more about like, you know, the whole like aesthetic experience of St. Vincent. So yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think for my part, I would say like, me, me generally i'm just have not been like really tuned in or really cared about like like the pitchfork approved like indie pop indie rock kind of scene bands mm -hmm. which i which i feel like saint vincent like gets she's like so perfectly laser targeted at that like world and stuff like that yeah and so, it's not and so like it's like entirely opposed to it but it's like not like it's it's not a good first impression in my head. Like no, no. It's so just the, like, it's not generally it's just not generally the stuff I'm into. No. So I mean, this is the thing that happens simultaneously. Is like she also like dates Cara Delevingne for a couple like maybe a couple years, like a year and a half or something like that. When she's at like the peak of her stud, and when her next album, the self-titled one, comes out, um, like becomes like sort of queer icon. Does that sort of very like standard Bowie-ish. No, I don't. I refuse to be labeled, but wordy, swami, wami. Like, we I can think that I'm queer without committing to it. Like, yeah, yeah. No, like, the, like, squirm your way out of ever committing to like taking like a firm position, but always like be suggestive in ways that people can latch onto and project all sorts of cool stuff into. And that doesn't feel inauthentic, but it's also like very convenient and very like in fitting with the image. And then, like, she's got, she's got like, starting from the next album, this weird fascination with, like, the underlife of New York and, like, moves to, moves to New York and, like, starts writing these, like, songs about, like, the scuzzy, like, awful humans who live there. And, like, it's all got this vague air of, like, the... God, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the Lou Reed storytelling from that non-judgmental point of view. And it just, for me, starts to ring slightly hollow when, like, no, some of us either are those people or, like, don't take that to be an object of fascination. Whereas, like, the, it, it, like, still really clearly seems to be for, for St. Vincent that, like, this process is a process of, like, fascination and, like, curation rather than, like, living alongside or living in. And that's a, it's a weird one to try and parse the sort of relationship she has to, like, any actually impactful subject matter. Because, like, 
Yeah, there are ways in which I could read all those like weird illusory stuff as like really like understated but quite emotionally impactful. And at one point in my life, I probably did. And now it sort of rings slightly hollow and voyeuristic, <laughs> and that the like that shift is a weird one to move through. Um, the, so yeah, and no, like this is as much about me like. Okay, great. We've got Orton to listen to a Sin Vincent record, and she doesn't think it's particularly good, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> Here's what um, I gotta say. Yeah. So, so I've known Sin Vincent's name for like a while. Like mm-hmm. I've known her around, and like you know, it's been like, oh, she's she's you know the indie rock author, as you say. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of pissed at you, maybe like maybe a little bit that you picked this <laughs> album instead of like. Maybe her like self-titled or Mass Seduction, which is the one album that I remember like getting huge buzz around the time. Yeah, <laughs> I wish so- I picked one of those albums. Cause I feel like maybe those two or any of the albums I would be interested in actually. So okay, so that's interesting. Okay, fine. So, first point, I love this I- new energy where we berate each other for our choices on this podcast. It's fine. We can do this to each other. Um, so the, the reason I didn't pin Sing Vincent is because it has tracks that I just think are bad. Like, I think it's a materially less interesting album that sags because it's 10 minutes longer and has fewer interesting tracks. Um, and that's just like a like a sad consequence of the way it's put together. Like, um, I just don't... I think it would bore us more. Um, and Mass Seduction, I think, is not the version of St. Vincent that I thought Autumn would have any chance of getting on with. So I didn't bring it. It was between the self-titled and Strange Mercy. Um, there was a chance I could have brought the self-titled and we would have got the more, like, esoteric... Uh, so uh, can we do a live track track listen and see if sure. you click with it? Uh, Birth in Reverse is the name of the track. Okay, I got it here. Because I was just on her Spotify page, so... Oh. Cool. Uh, the okay, the the video for this is kind of cool. I'll give it that much. So maybe you want to listen uh, to watch that. Real. Uh, let me open YouTube. Hold on. Big Ooh. thinking emoji about there being a, a song titled Huey Newton on this white girl's album. Yeah, uh, no, it's an it's an interesting one. It's it's very like stream of consciousness poetic licensed stuff, not actually referencing him as a political figure. So you know. Hey, to be honest, this is the first place I found out the name Hugh and Newton and went and Googled and found out it was a different sort of person, which equipped me nicely when um, Kendra, uh, Kendra Lamar starts referencing him. <laughs> and I know who he's talking about at that point. <laughs> okay, I'm at the video. Uh, um, if- yeah, I totally, I started talking about this and I, I forgot. Okay, Birth and Reverse, got it. Yes. All um, right. Um, can I 3 on it? I'm pulling it up. Sorry. Okay, now I'm ready. Cool. Uh, three, two, one, go. Oh, I've heard this before. I've heard this. See, this is one of the big singles off the self-titled record. Yeah, yeah. Th- this song grips. Why the fuck didn't you pick this album? I'm sorry then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. This is probably better than any song on uh, on the other one, Strange Mercy. Fair. All right. I'll keep this in the back pocket. Maybe we should listen to okay, later. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't mean to be mean about Saint Vincent because, like, I respect her for what she does as like an artist out there. I'm just personally being, uh, you know, 
yeah. being a bit petty at Rex as yeah, a partner that's right. and friend. <laughs> yeah, it's being just like, to be a you bitch. know me. You know what stuff I might like. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I didn't know you were going to be on this one when we... Did I know? Oh, I, I did, did by the point that we did the album picks. Yeah. So Sorry, I just got it wrong. I mean... Again, good I, I like Pope. this song better than any song on Strange Mercy. I, I don't know that I want a whole album of this either. Like I mean, it's not... The whole album isn't just this. Like, there are tracks like Regret, which is like sludgy, grungy guitar tracks. Prince Johnny's like, like I said, the sort of New York's fairy tale storytelling one. Rattlesnake's a good intro track that's like this, but more like groovy. But there are bad tracks, and like, I think the last four tracks are very, very low tier in my head. Um, like, tracks one through seven, you could listen to that and maybe get an idea if you were into the newest in Vincent. Um, the other thing I'll say is yeah. that, um, the thing that I do like about uh, or about Strange Mercy, I wanted to say Saint Mercy. <laughs> the thing I do like about it is that I had a misconception from having heard the lead single off Mass Seduction, which I think is the self-titled track. Um, yeah, it is. Um, like having heard that song, I thought her thing was similar to like the space that Carly Rae Jepsen has carved out for herself. Pop music for people who, who don't, who say they don't like pop music. Yeah, who feels no, she's superior not. to pop music in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and listening to Strange Mercy and now the song, like, oh no, it's more of just a like poppy rock sound. It's yeah, like, no, she's she's meant to be like the like day glow rock alter. Like that's the that's the space she's in. The like bright glam, new school, classy glam rock alter. Which I will take. Literally any day over like the sort of Carly Rae Jepsen's over the world. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, um, even though I, I, I liked Emotion well enough in 2015. Um, yeah, no, no, we know that, you've like grown away from that. That's her fine. recent album's so good too. I, I, I genuinely like this Yeah, no, I, I'm also in this camp. I just know that Autumn's grown in a different direction, and that's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm also uh, definitely not a pop hater. I, yeah. I, I like yeah. some pop music. That's the other yeah. thing is like if you hate Carly Rae Jepsen because you think pop music is bad, you're also a boring person. I I don't like Carly Rae Jepsen because I think she's not the best pop music. Uh, but also I recognize that um, I listened to Evermore literally today, so I have no room to criticize anyone <laughs> for their taste in pop music. <laughs> no, you, don't, you didn't need to tell on yourself. Nia asked me. Nia asked me. Um, like, are there any songs off Folklore Evermore that you really like? Because, like, these are all kind of, like, samey to me. And I really thought about it. I, re- like, really searched for my heart. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's not one song I could point you to off of those albums. But I do keep listening to those albums. I can't, I can't, you can't believe you found yet another chance to bring up Taylor Swift on here. <laughs> Don't need to tell on yourself. You really don't. Uh, no, no, no. The 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 thing about bringing up Taylor Swift on every fucking podcast is that I need people to understand that I have a problem, <laughs> and I don't like being this way. And everybody should be upset at me. <laughs> Great, you've you've suddenly accomplished that. <laughs> um. So yeah, like okay. The thing we've sorry. Go for it. Go uh, for it. I I do want to add that like uh. Like, back to the Carly thing. It's like, like when emotion 
you know, was like popping up and like everyone's freaking out for it. Like I knew in my head that like, you know, I was not opted on the on the pop tinge, but I sure was in it, because at the time I think I was listening to like a lot of Caracara Benito, and that's the shit. Mm-hmm. And then this is the thing, is in like the the like self-acknowledged people who are into pop music in one sense looks like ah like i really like and take seriously taylor swift and carly ray jepsen and dua lipa but another line it's like okay i listen to caro caro benito and pc music and now i'm like into hyperpop and that's yeah. like a that's a that's where i was that's yeah it's was. just like an entirely legitimate like line to straddle and i think the second one is just probably more exciting at this point and also getting like to, yeah get, oh, getting into quote unquote hyperpop quote unquote yeah exactly (laughs) Exactly. help me definitely help me appreciate like pop music more like as a thing on its own that i can just listen to and enjoy yeah and i can say like on the flip side the thing that i've been doing in my spare time like the the thing that's got me back into the regular habit of music making in the in the in my days has been just covers of 80s pop songs um like it has been going back and rediscovering what i think is like really extraordinary and excellent about like the who are the arts I'm covering? It's like Bruce Hornsby in the range, um, Scritti Politti, um, New Edition, um, like acts who are desperately uncool. Um, and <laughs> don't don't you dare Tis say New Edition is uncool. Listen, <laughs> motherfucker. So the track that I'm literally trying to cover is called Can, Can, uh, Can You Stand the Rain? And it's off the album where they like are trying to regain their status as like a cool boy band. Okay. And the entire video was just them holding up fake newspapers like, have they still got it? Hell like, yeah. Like, it's the most <laughs> self-referential and like, oh my God. It's the most like desperate music video I think I've ever seen, but it's somehow really like, I don't know, makes me feel really sympathetic because of that. But like, I would... nah, they, they didn't quite <laughs> didn't quite nail that one. Uh, I love New Edition. I would they characterize great, most of their music after like 1986 as uh, character like desperation is a like running theme. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is it. This is a, this is a 1988 New Edition ballad. Like, it's not going to be the most subtle or the most you know. But this is the thing. I'm like. I can go back and listen to like Jimmy Jam and Lewis production and like learn the intricacies of it and like feel what I think is the incredible craft that goes into it. And like, I have that love of pop music. It's just not done in a way that's like childishly like, it, there is a difference between sort of like a real appreciation for pop music and the, the sort of like shitty head, uh, like headline grabbing poptimism that was like the rage in this point in time in like pitchfork circles, which yeah. is like Lana Del Rey will save us. Yeah, uh, fuck, something. I was going to say pop. Yeah. That kind of popular <laughs> shit exactly what led to Lana Del Rey and I hate it. Yeah. Like this is sort of like uncritical attitude towards the relationship between pop stardom and like not quality. Cause I mean, fuck quality, but like actual, like, what people are doing with their music, like actually critically engaging with it rather than just assuming there's this like great, uh, like insightful process because it gets popular. Like, no, nah, sometimes you can call stuff out for being shallow and that's okay. And you also, that doesn't preclude you from like saying there is like genius and craft and emotional insight in pop music or whatever it is. Um, can I, yeah. Uh, totally 100 million percent unrelated. Uh, so if you had something to say about, what you were just saying or about St. Vincent. Uh, I was going to say the, the final summation about St. Vincent is if you want more angular, more pointy, more like aggro stuff, self-titled albums there for you. If you want that, but slightly more like uh, electronic tinged and 
like maybe a bit more narrative-y. Eh, I don't know. That's Try what I would have Yes, yeah, I would have liked that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've clearly picked sorry, the wrong album. I'm sorry. I'm so- <laughs> Everyone can go away in their own time and listen to the next two St. Vincent albums and maybe the new one when it comes out. Like, clearly there's something compelling here, even if it's not the, like, rock auteur aspect of it. It's the, I, don't, like, I don't know about the new one. The new, the, the, the Raw Island new one's, like, really throwing me off so th- yeah i mean this is the thing is in like the way you celebrate the, the weird situation your father is as a white collar criminal it's like a slightly uncomfortable situation to be in but we'll put i don't that know aside. how you go like going from like mass seduction to like uh upscale white girl is like not 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 the move for me to be <laughs> honest but at the very very least like it's sludge the reason i wanted it is so autumn could be like oh here's like new age female bowie like doing an eight uh, like a late 70s uh sludgy like freak show album maybe you'll get into it and like this is an in to like give you the excuse to check out the new album with a bit of context and maybe an appreciation for what she does but like that's all i wanted to set up and clearly what we've learned is we don't like her when she's being a popper uh like a uh, like a <laughs> very pretty indie rock artist and maybe we like her when she's being a more angular aggro like like in commas freak show but like Mm-hmm. We'll, f- uh, we'll find out the new album could yeah. be an absolute mess we don't know but I will yep. give it another listen and another try I should have I... picked St. Vincent the longer I think about it but oh well <laughs> no um, the thing yeah. that I was going to say a second ago because you mentioned them and I just remember that they have a new project out like two weeks ago that I still haven't listened what's like the temperature check from you two on Kira Kira Bonito Oh, they're good. great. I love them. Yeah, I love them. Really, really good. I, I, I love them. Here's the thing. I was kind of on, like, the ground floor with them, mm-hmm. in a way, because I knew stuff from their, like, original AP. Yeah. So I just want to say for, like, all, all the all the haters out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I knew Flamingo before it was a fucking, like, big-ass, like, meme thing. Like, I was, I, I, I was in on that shit. So I can, so I can I also say when with, it was a release on Secret Songs that like you know that cool net label that Ryan Sandworth was running. Yeah. Fucking, so the, so. The, the thing that I can do with this is Gus, one of the producers in Carabinito, I knew was Kane West before he was in Carabinito, one of the PC Music people. He's oh fucking wait, great. Wait, Kane West was involved with Kane, Kane West is Gus. Wait, what? What Were the fuck? Kane West. <laughs> Car- are, just you Google for, it. are you for real? D- absolutely. How did they not know this? <laughs> King was rules. I was like, King was oh. absolutely rules. Yeah. I'm like, I've thought a long time. It's like, how come there's been like no new King West? King Because he's doing King KKB. Um, <laughs> how, how good for him, I guess. Like, absolutely good for him. Uh, there's the, the, the profile. The, the, on, uh, at least is under the name King West. Augustus, uh, Steve, th- no son. I mean, Gus from Carico Benito. I think about that that Kane West that uh, the remix Kane West did for like a Tiga track. I think mm, yeah, where it was like just like really dumb, fun, deconstructed kind of thing. Yeah, just, no, he's a fucking so, incredible producer. Yeah. So yeah, oh the the flip side is like I knew KKB at the same time when they were doing their early releases. I knew Kane West before KKB became a project. I can also say I was at the first ever live performance of Trampoline because they announced it as such. Uh, field day in London in I think 2016. Oh, that's hype. Uh, that was a very, a... very cool thing. Uh, because that was uh, 16 or 17, I can't remember the top of my head. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, that was also the same, like, that was an evening I saw Holly Herndon live. The, that later was 
the time I saw Frank Ocean live, good day, good musical day. Yeah. So yeah, I've been with them like since the beginning, like since like those yeah. early days, and I've I've really like uh, it's been really cool to see the progression like since then, because uh, since uh, the Bindio Generation their debut, like they've gone in some like cool and interesting places with the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so that was the thing I was gonna say is that uh, I did not get in on early on them. The first uh, KKB song that I heard was only acting, and so that's yeah. what I thought every KKB song would be, and so I oh, listened no. to <laughs> I listened to Tote because that was what was out at the time, and it was really good, and I listened to Time and Place, and it was really good uh, when it came out a few months later, and then after Time and Place came out, I listened to the first album, I was like, what the fuck, fuck. is this? Yeah, no, <laughs> Beneath the Generation is just like, that for me is perfect, it's just so But excellent. also, yeah, it's an amazing album. Yeah, um, I think about really Lips all the fucking time, um, yeah. Uh, I remember when Only Acting came out, like, like it was like, it oh, they're coming out with music, and like, yeah. oh, this sounds totally completely different from what they're doing, and I love but every also, bit of it. This is but so this cool. is the thing, it's sort of like, uh, I don't know, like, I feel like I wasn't tapped into the American, like, hyper-poppy emo crossover moment that was starting to happen at this point, and like, I know you, we both clocked onto pre-1000 Gex, 100 Gex, and they were starting to, like, emerge in, like, a BS SoundCloud thing at this point in time. But, like, I feel like only acting in that release sort of, like, anticipated a bunch of the stuff that would just become, like, the normal thing that everyone was, like, going to as the, like, big synthesis and movement in, like, what became hyperpop. And, like, I don't think they get enough, like, credit for just having, like, figured it out and gone out on a limb so early and so hard. It was really, really cool to see. What I really appreciate about... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just quickly Googling, when did Billie Eilish's first album come out in relation to when uh, Time and Place came out? Ah, <laughs> uh, cool. Oh, I think Billie Eilish came out. No, Billie Eilish existed before. Yeah, okay, just a little bit before. So, okay, she gets a pass, but I feel like she's definitely, like, in this in this same place, you know? Yeah. The thing yeah. I was, yeah, was going to say is, like, I've really appreciated with, like, their new work, how it's gone in, like, such, like, a cool, like, new direction, and yet, like, it mm-hmm. still feels, like, cohesive with, like, what their sound's always been. Totally, totally. I, re- I really like when, like, you know, like, they switch things up, but it still totally makes sense sonically with, like, mm-hmm. the music they're already doing. And, like, like yeah, like, like, the newest EP they just put out, like, like, absolutely slaps, like, tons of good tracks on there. I mean, t- I say tons, but it's like three tracks. It's a short EP, really but yes. I haven't, I haven't listened to either of the Civilization EPs yet, and I really need to do that, so. There we go. So, hey, got, got some, what's a good way to do pop music that isn't the bad pitchfork fetish type? <laughs> there we go. We got an answer. Um, shall we head on to um, E? Yes, but I have one other very brief, hopefully, tangent thing. Oh. Um, which is that I dropped in the chat when I saw I, it I, just I, now. I, I, was, I was waiting for when you were going to mention There is a new <laughs> article on Pitchfork about a new uh, uh, RX Nephew song. The only reason I want to bring this up is not because I want to talk about the song at all. I haven't heard it. Uh, I just want to say, like, I told everybody on that Hot Singles <laughs> bonus episode that he's going to be the most famous person on the planet Earth, and, like, this is just the beginning. Like, I told you, and Pitchfork <laughs> is, like... P- Pitchfork's clearly supporting. This is okay. good. I want to clear things up, because uh, Regs uh, misstated me. In terms don't! Of, uh... Don't! You don't need to do this! 
<laughs> no, because uh, look, I know Rex tries to make me out as like this like cool music person who's like in the know of everything. You did just flex on us about knowing KKB before KKB was cool. Yes, I, I did just do that. Yeah, <laughs> but I made a point for that. Okay. <laughs> There was a purpose to selling myself as a cool music person. I did not know who our ex-nephew was uh, before Autumn shared uh, the American Terrorist track. Did you know who Arx Poppy was? I did know who Arx Poppy was, but I didn't. That's good enough. You don't need to keep digging a hole for yourself. It's fine. I haven't. I haven't listened to songs like music from him. I have now. Cool. I um, still uh, it's good to stuff. Much, you should listen so. to uh, Arx Poppy. So yeah, the, the, th- the two things I can tell you about both of them are they fell out really acrimoniously at some point last year and then got together like as a duo again very quickly afterwards. Don't know what happened there, but it was fun. Uh, that sounds the, funny. The it B-track. sounds like girl problems. Just like at a qu- really quick, like you yeah. saying that sounds like girl stuff. <laughs> it's, it's probably girl stuff. Um, the second thing is. About six days ago, I, I stumbled into the fact that I sent this to him at the time as well. Rx Nephew put out an eight minute, 45 second track about five days ago or whatever, titled Unsubscribe Me and Don't Buy My Music, which is just good and you should listen to it. It's not quite as good as American Terrorist, but it's pretty damn good. And also now he's getting pitchful features for actual singles and it's good. It's just very excellent. I'm excited. Nah, I, I, what a what a what a what a guy. What a guy. <laughs> I hope to be honest. I'm, so, I'm so glad there's a space in rap for like this kind of like weird, not so terminally online kind of rap music. Yeah. I just love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, again, <laughs> terminally online is a really good way to describe this yeah. music. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to imagine the genre being like rappers against object permanence, but no terminally. <laughs> Terminally online is the correct answer. Rappers Absolutely. that would not exist without the internet. No, it's, it's exactly this. Yes. But yeah, um, is it, and, speaking uh, of rappers speaking who of, would not exist. Speaking yeah, of. That's the segue. <laughs> we nailed hey. it. So do you want to tell us about E?
E, Echo 2K. Um, how do I intro this? So, Echo 2K. Cool guy. Uh, he huh. was... Wait, what'd you say there? Hot. Hot, yeah, hot. He's, yeah, he's, he's basically well, a model. Like? Uh, you can I... look pictures of him, he's hot. Okay, I'm gonna do this while you talk. Yeah. Oh, he's he... hot, hot. It's yeah. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Echo Two K was uh, is a rapper from uh, Sweden who came up uh, uh, alongside his cohort, uh, regular collaborator uh, Brady, uh, who form uh, uh, the uh, who are part of the collective known as uh, Drain Gang. With Tyboy, Tyboy Digital. With Tyboy Digital, yes. All of whom were all. Uh, you know, throughout the 2010s, like, very associated with, um, the Sad Boy, Jung Lean, like, Cloud Rap crew. Like, they were all up, like, came up together, like, making music and stuff. So, it's all interconnected. Mm. Sweden, so, cl Sweden yes. clearly got a cool yeah. Cloud Rappy scene, yeah. So, yeah, so the way I would describe Echo 2K's come up is, like, imagine, like, the, like, the, the Young Lean rap that was, like, coming out in like the early like 2010s and stuff but which you know back then like it caused like all this buzz and, you know young green is getting all this attention and then at some point kind of all fell away as long as like you know rap was moving on to like different stuff what i would describe as like drinking stuff like drinking's output like over those recent years is imagine that stuff just kind of kept going because mm -hmm. that's what happened it just kind of kept going and like kind of just kept developing their sounds further and further and to where suddenly now they're like some of the hottest stuff in like internet rap and like all these people all these different producers are trying to collab with them like they got all this attention these kind of <laughs> still like rappers in sweden are some of the coolest things on the internet and so that's where record comes in that's where sce comes in this is absolutely, um, like, the coolest album that we've listened to. Like, you just listen to this album and yeah. you feel cool. <laughs> Extremely. Like, this is just, like, three-minute vibes packages that just get, like, delivered into your brain with next to no other content involved. Like, it is just delivering vibes to you in, like, perfectly measured packages, and I love it for that. There is, yeah. um... I, I kind of talked about the last the last album, like, sliding off me a bit, and, like... This album also does that in, like, a good way because, like, you mm -hmm. don't need to latch on to anything. You just kind of need to be here and, like, enjoy this. And, oh, my God, it's good at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like, it's just... I got, I got in my head a little bit, like, coming into this discussion because I was like, oh, no, like, I don't have anything to say about this. I just think it's a really good album. But, like... That's fine. Like, it's a really good album. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting for me because I did not because I remember like that early like Young Lean Lave, like that early Sad Boys Crew stuff. And I'm kind, I'm kind I'm I'm sad I didn't really follow up on it like too much over the years because like it's gone in like cool interesting directions. Like Young Lean, like himself, has like gone through like this big transformation in his music and his art. Uh, I just actually got, uh, I got done watching that Young Lean documentary that Vice did, like, mm. uh, a few months ago. Yeah. That I recommend people watching, because I think it really gives an insight into, like, 
young Leon is like much more than like the weird uh, uh, life away from Sweden that rapped about Arizona Ice Tea, <laughs> which is what a lot of people thought of him as, and how like there's a lot more tuned to that. And I think like like Drain Gang for me is like has proven that even more is that like they've somehow become like some of the most like forward thinking like rappers and producers out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, um. You you say what you were gonna say, Rick. So I thought you said you. Were, I thought yeah, I was I, just that I, I came with it slightly differently, which is that rather than like not committing to getting interested in, um, that like stock on crew people, I actively disliked um Young Lean when it sort of hit as a wave because it you know like it's always that awkward thing of like something appears to you as a meme and it's very hard to take it seriously once that's its initial presentation to you. It's just like, as soon as Drain Gang came, it was very, very apparent that it was just doing something really different. Like, it... Well, okay, I, I should qualify that. It's clearly not doing something completely different in kind. It's just it was so much easier to take it seriously because it wasn't saddled with this, like, weight of being the, like, meme that fell out of place that felt like it was, like, like stealing Fowler, basically. Um, like, it felt like this was a scene that had matured enough that had, like, settled and, like, grown into its own skin in a way. And, like... The thing that E has in spades is just this, like, self-confidence and ease that, like, I never got that sense out of um, any of the Young Lean stuff. And I absolutely get it from all of the all of them. Blady, Blady and as well, as well as Echo like, 2K. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely the way I would describe this, al- uh, this album as, like, confident. Because yeah. uh, this is, a, yeah, this is a debut project. So, like, he's only been featured on stuff and, like, done, like, collab projects, like, before then. But now this is, like, his debut and his, like, first like foot forward into like his own solo career and i think it's oh it's, it's, it's really cool yeah <laughs> yeah it's really good and it's really like um i don't think it's like going out of its way to impress you um i think like i think the album like speaks for itself uh and like it like triple a power line like comes out and like here's like the space that we're going to put you in on this album. And like, it's going to be really fucking hard to hear me sometimes. And like, that doesn't matter. The voice matters. The, the sounds matter. Like the, like specificity isn't like the thing here. And like, I, I couldn't do that on my first album. I would come out swinging like, this is who the fuck I am. <laughs> you know? Um, and like making sure like everything is like crystal clear. And I, I don't think that's the album. I don't think that's what this album is, and I think it's really fucking good for being that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was like, this, I was so I had it in my head I was gonna pick like a Drain Gang album for like the pod I was gonna be on, and it was between hmm. this or like uh like one of the uh, Buddy's reason albums, and I picked this. I just ultimately signed this one because I felt it was the most like it was the most out there project in terms of their output. Like it's like it's it's clearly like for something that like. Uh, I, like I don't think like Woody, like Woody or Young Lean is like you know try to yet. Like he's in like he's going in his own like weird cool direction. That's mm-hmm. I think only only he could because like I think like his his voice is like just. I mean, just straight up, I think like you know he's got a very beautiful voice. Like whenever I hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like this album is just like very nice and like wistful sounding, very like dreamy and airy and i really like that about it yeah so i mean i wanted to pick up on the production specifically because like 
we're going to talk about an ASAP record and talk about an ASAP record that's like right at the start of this wave of like moodier, more like abstract cloud rappy stuff. Mm-hmm. And that like, there are some elements that are clearly like through lines in terms of the just like mood and tone, but like two things that like mark it out, like the Echo 2K is like really clear and crystalline. It's got all this like really like chimey top end. And like what it has is like, all of the, the Clams Casino production in particular on the ASAP project and like it's it's all over like rappers like Little B who are coming out around the same time is like we'll, we'll get to that so but yeah I mean we, we will absolutely get to that but it's so full of mid-range it's so like warm and dense whereas this is like so carefully tidied away like everything is just like rumbly and subby and like I, I just listened to Powerland again and just like all of those like swirly synths are just like pressed down into the bottom of the track. And this is a thing that I just kept noticing all the way through that like, okay, the percussion's gonna like crystalline, clear, like shines through the top of the track. But like all the mood is so like dense and subdued. And it, sorry, it was like airy and subdued. It, like it feels like a, the, like the mist in the floor of a club almost. Whereas like, I'm, like I listened back to the ASAP stuff and like went back to the Clums Casino EPs and stuff like that. And just realized quite how like intense and overwhelming and big all of that early stuff is. And it feels like a real decision to like turn everything down, turn the like the color, like dial the color back out, desaturate it, um, and like push all the energy down into the bass. And like, I think it works so, so well for this vibe. Um, yeah, I just, all the production decisions as I listen through it, it's just like, it's clearly really carefully put together and really really yeah. meticulously like crafted to maintain this like the other thing is that like if we are going to think talk about the local content it's an album called e <laughs> pretty much all the club uh, the tracks are talking about like just doing <laughs> yeah. E in the club yeah he's he's but yeah he, he does a lot of molly and ketamine this is, yeah. this is he raps out a lot it's a it's a general vibe of much to drink being this is what a square i am is that i didn't put that together until just now i was like oh <laughs> i'm an idiot yeah um but I, I mean this is the thing is in like this is this is very much an album that feels of a piece with like the club and the club environment and the like darkness and like intensity and the like of like very like heady space that you get there and that's a very different kind of heady space from the like like, I don't know, I feel like ASAP's meant for, like, a street or a house party where everyone's fucking getting turned, whereas this is meant for, like, I am off my fucking nut in the corner of a club when someone's playing music I've never heard in my life, but I'm having the <laughs> best time of my life. Yeah. And then uh, I got, and then I w- wander home through the streets at 6am with this mood in my brain. Yeah. Yeah, two things I want to note here. One thing is that I think it's pretty remarkable that, like, uh... Just like all, all the production, or not all of it, but I'll get to that part. But most of the production on this album, and in general, like um, uh, Drink Eggs Output is like all in-house producers. Like they're not outreaching to like other people to grab mm-hmm. these sounds. These are all like, it's a uh, good white armor and like Mecha Talk, who've all been like producing music for like you know Bloody, uh, Young Lane Co. Like, and they just kind of just developing their sounds, like, from the beginning, like, like since, like, like the early days of, like, their Spacey Crowdap kind of stuff. And it's all kind of, like, coalesced into this, like, mm-hmm. sound that, like, they've, like, captured. Yeah. And just kind of... It's just, I don't know, like, they've all just, like, figured in on this, like, this, like, wo- like this, like, cool kind of, like, direction for, like, their music that, like, it's just, you know, other people have now, are, like, 
tons of people now are like you know picking up on it's like whoa this shit is like you know so it's, temp- cool it's a new template like, yeah like other people yeah. are trying to get in on this now mm-hmm. and, and yeah it's... no like you you said it earlier like uh it's really like forward thinking and i think like you're absolutely right and like yeah i'm I don't know a lot of music that's like trying to pick up on this, but that's just because I'm kind of like out of things right now. Like I am not at all surprised by that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah. Th- sorry, go for it, go for it. Okay. The, the other thing I want to know here is that like, uh, the other, uh, the one other producer on this record, uh, is, um, uh, is, is credited as Shanti on uh-huh. I think, two tracks on here, but, uh, it's actually, uh, Shanti's actually a pseudonym for, uh, uh, one of one of the pseudonyms for uh, Eve's tumor, who's doing uh, production on two tracks on here. It's really funny that we've had actually it was Eve Tumor the whole time as a plot twist on <laughs> two, two different of these episodes records. now. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think it was. Uh, it's uh, what tracks are they? Powerline and Fruitly Juice. Yeah, yeah. Which like you know two tracks, but like I th- I think that just goes to show the like like I I I just see this like. I see this album like 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 the soundscapes it's going for more amongst of like stuff out here of like experimental dance records, yeah. electro- experimental electronic records, like stuff out here from an Eve's Tumor, and like yeah this for is, sure yeah like these these are the kinds of like uh, sounds that like you know I see their production crews like you know zeroing in on as like inspiration. Yeah, so and like is, for me, Ollie XL is the like hinge point. For me, yeah, Oli XL is one of those people who's like, sh- like pushed his his own production all the way into the like a uh, weird electronic dance stuff, and there's some incredible, incredible stuff in there. Um, like every uh, there's a, a whole like little. I'm just gonna leave it at that, that single wreck, but like that's a if people want to go and see the like the way that sound develops towards dance music, Oli XL is the one you want to go for. It's really, really excellent stuff. Yeah, I, I, it's just really cool, like, beating of, like, you know, like, just, like, this, these, like, cool, like, like spaces of, like, like uh, experimental music, like, meeting up with, like, these guys from Sweden rapping about ketamine and me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's, like, just, like, you know, rap, like, rap spaces and dance music, like, you know, meeting up and just, like, you know, as a liker of both of those things, I think it's very cool. <sighs> And in a very different way than like you know Vince Staples has tried to like bring those two things together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Vince Staples or Big Fish Theory, I guess in particular, like going for a much di- different kind of dance music, a much more more like club focused, like yeah. you're you know you're gonna dance to this music kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh god! I mean, one day we, we might try and talk about Big Fish Theory, and it'll be hard, but it'll be really fucking interesting. I want to. I want yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I it. have something in mind for next time, but like, I'll pi- I'll fucking pivot right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't. We I have fucking a love Big We're not Fish gonna theory. fucking ruin it this time again. But um, yeah, any more on Echo Two K, or is it just like this is impeccable vibes, and that's uh, that's that's the description. Uh, two things. Um, one, I just want to get out there that uh, Peroxide is one of the best tracks of the past decade. Yeah, it's yeah, just absolutely really good. Yes. <laughs> uh, what a wonderful track. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh my god, this guy's like fucking... Yeah. He's awesome it, next level shit. 
it just like, like I said, the daring to have a track that like lurches in with that much just like slidey sub bass. It's so it's so it's nauseating. It's just so disorienting. It's so, it's so blissful and like yeah. I just love like like his like effeminate tones on it. Yeah, like um, like like a lot of his expressions are like very effeminate. Like, uh, yeah, no, he's much along like you know the drinking crew. I would say. Yeah, I mean he is queer. He talks about this. This is just a thing, um, as well. Um, but also just like the it's it's <laughs> I talked about the sort of like really like crystalline clitopin that like peroxide production I could talk about for days. The the like puff of air and the like soft feathery attack on the arpeggio I am obsessed by. The bridge where it's just the like floaty chord in the video, it's just a shot of um uh uh wind turbines in the in the sea sliding in in and out of um alignment with each other from from an aerial shot, and it like has this beautifully weird twisty descending pitch bend before the sub bass like picks it up into the beat of the track again. Just like all of this is like so careful and so delicate and um so like clearly not done with the like basic thing of like you need to blow the blow the fucking speakers out to be sounding impressive and impactful because it knows so clearly like that's not what the vibe is for but also like they have all this like really like special emotional stuff they can do by being this delicate and being this crystalline and being that careful and um yeah oh my god i love process so much yeah like like the way like you like you just like 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 blissfully say at the bus stop crushing rocks like it's the most like catchy thing ever like you just, you just can't beat that also the the crush 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 the the vocal shops are just yeah addic- addictive yeah uh, i just mm, all those bits there and then the chorus is like him talking about like chopping someone's arm off taking his watch like come on you can't beat that <laughs> no rock said i stay dark is one of the best like punch well I, it's not a punchline it's just like a a straight up punchy like hook line just yeah. excellent just fucking excellent yeah Prox is incredible um the yeah. video is worth watching because a he's beautiful b it's shot beautifully and c it adds so much to the tone of the track like video for peroxide is a definite definite one you need to check out yeah if there's any track you listen you want to listen to from this it's that and if i mean if you get the vibe from peroxide that you want that you're like after then the rest of the album is just the vibe but more of it not yeah. not quite as like <laughs> pop targeted and special and like like after your after an earworm, but like it's all there. Yeah, um, I would also recommend just like the general like like drinking output. Bloody, I think is like going for like similar but not quite the same kind of thing in his direction like towards his music. Um, I was I was like pretty you know thinking about like should I pick one of his track like albums because like I think he's doing real cool stuff too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I've given my rec, which is fucking OXL, who I think is just like in this weird borderland between beatmaker and like dance artist that is just like fascinating to see get like mind right now. Yeah. Also, Woody just put out a collab, like a collab remix to yeah. like uh, a track with like he did with Megatalk uh, and added Charlie XCX on the remix. So you should go check that out because of course that's going to be great. Hell it's yeah. Charlie, of course it's going to be good. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh the, I think the last thing I would add is that like uh since uh since picking this record, he has since uh he put out uh an EP out of nowhere. Uh PXE. I think it's like five tracks or so. Five, six tracks. Of uh yeah, just 
it's very clear that like this is the direction he wants to go in. He's just gonna keep developing even further because like mm-hmm. the stuff on there is like even more like kind of out there. Like he's like going for some shit. Like very, very, very dreamy, very uh, yeah, just hmm. it's good stuff. I recommend people checking that out. Whew, there we go. Um, time to shift over to ASAP. I guess so. Hell yeah, um, ASAP. So, um, love e ASAP. I was sitting on that joke all week. It didn't get the response I was after. Wait, what was the joke there? Oh, oh, I get it. That's your joke? That's what you came up with? I mean, it was, you know, like 2 a.m. tweet thoughts that you don't tweet because maybe it's better on a podcast than as a tweet. Like, I don't know. What's shopping here? Um, Clearly. (laughs) All right, move on. (laughs) I'm just letting you sweat. Yeah. What's up? Once again, sipping hand, mixed with juice and gin. Bitches in, couple lady friends, counting Benjamins. Been a spin on the 20 twins, that must stay the beans. Dividends, made a change of plans, well, that old the pin. Shadows, my parolees, and I smoke that OG. Kush, motherfuck the police. All my niggas rock gold teeth, so hood and we so street. Sipping on that codeine, we hustle hard, no sleep. Yo, bitch, loose, that's no leak. I ain't talking about no money, I ain't talking about no cars. Talking about no diamonds, cause that shit is up the south. Times is really hard. I fucked a couple bras, smoked some purple out the jars. Let me tell you who we are. I be that pretty motherfucker. All those sweat I'm reppin'. Tell them put the bitch in, we gon' make it in a second. Pretty motherfucker. All those sweat I'm reppin'. Tell them put the bitch in, we gon' make it in a second. See me in the hood, they can't say saying what's up. See me in the hood, they can't say saying what's up. It's some shit you never hear of. Only thing bigger than my ego is my mirror. Clothes get weirder. Money get longer. Pretty nigga, pin your head up. The nerve of this dude, but I'm cool as a fan. 40 ounce full of brew. I be that pretty motherfucker. All those sweat I'm reppin'. Tell him put the bitch in, we gon' make it in a second. Pretty motherfucker. All those sweat I'm reppin'. Tell him put the bitch in, we gon' make it in a second. I be that pretty motherfucker. All those sweat I'm reppin'. Tell him put the bitch in, we gon' make it in a second. Pretty motherfucker. All those sweat I'm reppin'. Tell him put the bitch in, we gon' Gonna make it in a second. See me in the hood, the gangs is saying what's up. See me in the hood, the gangs is saying what's up. See me in the hood, the gangs is saying what's up. See me in the hood, the gangs is saying what's up. Uh, hi. Hey. Um, so, Live Love ASAP is a 2011 mixtape. Is this the first mixtape we've talked about on the podcast? Ah. Uh... Did the um, uh, Dexas XSF? <laughs> that's definitely a mixtape. I was gonna say, did the 
Oh, fucking... days off? Yeah. Yeah, days yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't, can't we y'all fucking didn't... Sex I'm I, no, 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 no. No, no. I realized three days before the podcast, <laughs> I just wanted to say Dexus XFF again because it's funny. <laughs> um, I, does the Draco record count as a mixtape or was that an album? I don't know. Uh, who knows? This, I think okay. that's it. I think, I don't know. So, Live Love ASAP is a 2011 mixtape when, um, I, I think this is important to talk about this as a mixtape because 2011 yes. is when it starts to be like, what's the difference between a mixtape and an album? Uh, and the answer in 2021 is, there's not one. Um, there we go. So, uh, I, th- I, th- I still think there's, this was a time where like mixtapes still meant something. Oh, I definitely think, I think in 2011, it, that was starting to erode a little bit, but like... Yeah, it was starting to. Like, I, I think this was album like just is, picking off, like kicking off there. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, this album's still not on streaming, I don't think. Um, I assume they just have samples they don't want to clear or something. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, this album comes out in 2011. It is by ASAP Rocky uh, of uh, the ASAP Mob, uh, which is, like, Rocky, uh, at the time, Yams, um, ASAP Ferg, like, like it kind of in the same way as Odd Future, just, like, a zillion dudes, and, like, you don't actually know what, like, most of them are doing there, but, uh, like, there's a lot of them. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know if you want to get into it now, but I have, like, thoughts about ASAP Mob as a crew. We'll get in that in a second. Okay. Um, this album is Rocky's like debut. It was like much hyped and like really just like came out swinging. This album blew up huge in 2011. Um, and like, um, I, I think the we'll talk about a bunch of different stuff. I think the reason that I wanted to bring this was that like because of like where it sits. I don't want to like. I don't want to say that this is like a super influential album, but what I want to say is that like this sits at like a really interesting little corner of history where like various hip hop labels were starting to like change and, and like like lots of like genre stuff, region stuff, like what's a mixtape and what's an album. Those are the sorts of things that like this album starts to like make it really muddy in like a really interesting way. I think this album is like part of a larger movement that like things stopped being like quite so like square corners like super defined all the time so yeah um also it's good <laughs> yeah it's good i'm glad it's you picked too this long one. yeah it's I'm too long but it's good <laughs> yes it is too long i think it's tied it out is a couple good. times <laughs> it's got I don't a number think... of good tracks on there but 16 tracks uh, is too much <laughs> you much. could I don't know which four, but you could easily cut four tracks from this. Like, oh, easily. <laughs> as long as Peso is still there, uh, you're. It, as long as you got Peso and brand new guy, like, probably fine. <laughs> Cutting just any yeah, random swag, four. Though. I I need what's up. I need what's up. Uh, that's my like necessary. Oh yeah, cut. what's up? You gotta have what's up. You gotta have purple swag. Um, right? Because the other the other thing that I wanted to do. I wanted to talk about this with was uh, because Space Ghost Perp is like a huge presence on this album and like I don't really have it in me to talk about Space Ghost Perp for real on this podcast but I think he's fascinating and I think he's like uh. one of the most like the coolest guys that like music just totally forgot 
and probably for good reason. I don't know if we forgot instead of maybe uh, didn't give credit to. Yeah. Because I think people knew about him. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he did not get uh, his credit, especially. Um, he's like a huge presence on this album, and then him and the whole ASAP mob had a big falling out uh, in yeah. the years after this album. Uh, while while Rocky became like mega famous, <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 very highly debated whether like ASAP or like 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 who poop it off of who more, mm-hmm. like like I don't know if I really like ever really know like it's you know it's up to like people's judgment, but yeah. like I you you do not get the current you do not get this mixtape without perp like you just don't. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Purpose like kickstarted like, you know, the aesthetic that ASAP Mob and like a bunch of other rappers would continue to like, you know basically um, work on like ever since. And I guess like maybe the thing so on the very first track, uh on uh shoot, what's the name of it? I can't remember now. Palace. Um which is a, a one of the Clams Casino tracks on here, right? Yeah, so Clams Casino. This is like, I think this is also like the big like Clams Casino. I, I could be wrong. I feel like this is his big like coming out, like him becoming like a huge producer. Oh, yeah. oh, as a huge producer, yes. I would say his biggest hit is easily "I'm God, Lil B." Yeah, that's easily. His oh, most yeah. Lil, Lil B like. comes out. That project comes out the same year as this. Like it's slam bang on top of each other, and then like. When does the instrumentals EP? Because that's the one that like. I think it came out this year too. Uh, yeah, it came out in 2011. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in which case, like, pretty much all, all coinciding with each other is like Cam's Casino as producer, as like person on yeah, as Little B and this, just like on so many different levels of producer, both pop and then like solo stuff. Like he, yeah, I, I, yeah, he's he, such he was a, a fascinating pivotal... person. Yeah, was such, such a, a pivotal f- dude in like establishing this whole like crowd rap thing. Yep, yep, yep. In yep. the early 2010s. Yeah, so like we should talk about what cloud rap is, I guess, <laughs> which is like uh, uh, a sound that like clams and space ghost perp like really defined. I feel like, um, and like a uh, little B first, and then the oh yeah, oh yeah, little B, little B, little B. Yeah, absolutely, true a little B. Um, Little B is like low key, like maybe the most important like rap artist of the twenty first century. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's so true. And also, I kind of hate that because like he's done like a lot of bad shit recently. That makes me like, yeah, wish I could like l- think about his stuff more positively. But it's hard to harder to now. Yeah. Um. So like, the very first uh verse on on Palace is like kind of him talking about like oh i listened to a bunch of like rap music from houston and i listened to a bunch of like rap music from tennessee by which he means three six mafia because that's the only rap music that exists in tennessee um (laughs) uh and he shots fired at tennessee sorry memphis sorry memphis (laughs) um and, and rocky being this new york guy who has a little bit of a New York sound and a, a lot of a Houston sound and a lot of a three, six mafia sound and kind of smashing all these things together and making like club music for when you're high as hell on like whatever you want to be high on. Um, and like you get cloud rap, which is like very spacey, but at least 
in Rocky's first like foray into it, like the vocals are still clear and like um, there's a sort of chopped and cr- screwed sound to it, but it's like uh, not quite as slow and like plodding as as chopped and screwed music was, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I, w- I want to say like all those things you mentioned about like, you know, uh, New York guy from Harlem uh, inspired for all this, you know, this uh, this southern music from Houston and Memphis, like like these are all important things to like the mythos of like ASAP Rocky and ASAP Mob as a crew, yeah. like to where like they would like pop off and stuff, like and al- and yeah. also the uh, just the I mean we'll get to ASAP Mob later, but like you know like the whole like oh they're from New York and they're a crew Wu Tang Clan, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> Which is a really important thing, like, in the early 2010, it was like, oh, is this odd feature, the new Wu-Tang? Are they going to be the new Wu-Tang? Oh, absolutely. Like, that was definitely, like, a marketing push that, like, like every every label wanted to have the next Wu-Tang. Because every label wanted to have, like, seven artists signed who could put out hit records. Yeah, I miss, I miss, I miss those. Like, there used to be, like, crews back then, like... We just finished talking about a crew. You can't do this. We just finished know, talking about like, a crew. You know, when like they were like more a thing, like you know, when like good music was like really like a collective of people and not just like Kanye and Pusha and sometimes Big Sean. <laughs> I mean Yeah, like you or... say that, I kinda like I kinda like um like it when it's just Kanye and also, and, like, um, like young money, it, you know, back then, like you know, yeah, like Lil Wayne. I, I feel there, like, like young Drake, money was. <laughs> I feel like young money was way more of the new Wu Tang than like any of the New York people were ever gonna be. But like, honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that like, um, they didn't sound like Wu Tang at all. They didn't sound like Wu. That's the main thing. I'm sure Jake they were Lish not from did. New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's yeah. another, that's another thing I want to mention. Like Drake also like totally like in his early days like. On his like mixtapes and stuff, he really wanted to be like, oh yeah, I'm really up on this like Houston thing. You know, I got a really big like you know, <laughs> uh, you know, really respect oh, DJ yeah. Screw and like you know Houston rap for what they've done. Like you know UGK, he really tried to like build it up as like part of his music in the early days. And since yeah, he totally dropped that. <laughs> but, like his next album, Drake is so funny because like basically. He always wants to sound like he came up with the thing that is hot right now. And so, like, because we talked on the bonus episode about him, like, just making Tuesday his song. Like, like McConan put out that song and then Drake decided it was his song now. Like, is that, Drake... like, absolutely when people think about that song, I think of Drake. <laughs> and, like, yeah, like, Drake was always just trying to, like, and, you know, Drake shows up uh, to do the lead single on, um, on Rocky's next record too like he absolutely tried to be like oh I like I'm really tight with Rocky like if you think Rocky's cool like have you heard about me I'm Drake <laughs> he's always trying to be like up on like either I'm gonna hop on this like really hot thing or I'm gonna inv- I'm gonna push forward this new cool thing onto people that you know they're not they don't even know what's coming mm-hmm, which I would say mm-hmm. is like the whole grime thing he was pushing in like you know 2015 2016 yeah, we, we remember more life. <laughs> no, I've erased no. it. Thankfully. I, okay, I want to say on a podcast. I, okay, I, I want. Mm, I would maybe say that album's good. Like, I think there's like a number of good tracks on that album. Honestly, I more life is probably like other than take care the the one Drake album I would still listen to. Um, uh, if you're reading this, it's got a good energy to it. 
Yeah, but if you're reading this, is extremely too long. If you're reading this, yeah, should be an yeah. EP. I'm sorry. <laughs> what, what am I hearing? Also, also, uh, also the clap. I mean, what's feature, going that was on pretty right? Cool, but I most like that feature. What's going on right now? I don't understand. <laughs> Help! What? I don't. What I don't know. Oh, I just realized you haven't really chimed in at all this whole segment here. No, I'm. I'm reeling. I'm absolutely just reeling because suddenly we're resuscitating Drake. What's going on? No, we're not resuscitating him. We're saying, I like take care for like stupid bullshit nostalgia reasons. And I kind of like a handful of songs on More Life, and I like like four songs maybe on If You're Reading This. That's not resuscitating him. It's saying he put out like 12 good songs in like a decade-long career. (laughs) I don't want to give him that much credit. (laughs) In in uh, absolute seriousness, I do not want to give him that much credit. Drake is so funny, dude. Yeah. Uh, Like, I don't know. I, I think I'm probably more than people should. And I think, like, obviously, in, like, you know, the past few years, I think he's put a lot of shit music. Like, his, his absolute, like, worst albums today, it's really remarkable how he's able to stay afloat with, like, I, after putting out fucking Scorpion of all albums. Like, that shit fucking It feels like after ass. Scorpion, he's not relevant anymore, yeah. but, like, I don't know. I mean, he's relevant in that, like, that he's popular and, you know, people still like him and stuff. But in terms of, like, pushing forward new things, not at all. He's absolutely staying in his comfort zone. Scorpion is really one of the boring. worst albums I've ever heard in my life. It's so bad. I can't believe people pay any attention to it. <laughs> Why are we Scorpion spending this much time talking about Drake? Can we no longer talk about Drake, please? It's upsetting me. <laughs> I'm so, that's partially my fault. You're okay I don't bring this on to you, because I have thoughts. You, um, you bullied me enough for other unrelated things. I'm just I'm allowed to bully you for actually considering and taking Drake seriously. I'm sorry. I have to. Anyway, yes. We should... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should talk about anything that's not Drake. Uh like for example this album. Yeah. Uh Yeah. I kind of lost the thread of what we were talking about with this album, but I feel like I, I mean, have we so ta- much to we, say about it. No, I mean we were talking about the sort of like where does the sound come from? And like so the, for me the thing that got me into ASAP was Clams Casino because I was one of the people like am I right in thinking Rainforest came out on Triangle? Is that am I making that up or Uh Oh, uh, hmm. Rainforest, the EP. Um, I think at least I might be talking my ass, but I'm gonna look it up anyway. Uh, so the point was that that like the way I got into, I mean, this is one of the many ways I got into rap music at all in the first place. In this sort of point in my life, was the beats starting to coincide with the sort of interesting stuff that was happening in electronic music. Um, and that, like, one of the things that was happening was, like, people being like, oh, shit. Um, yeah, it did come out on Triangle originally. Um, yeah, the Rainforest is an EP is one of my favorite, like, electronic things of a, in a very, very long time. Um, it, I still think about it a lot. Um, it is a five-track EP with five impeccable beats that are, like, overwhelming and hyper-saturated. And the artwork you can see is, like, luminously, terrifyingly green. And, like, that I... This is a sort of like density and like like a a, a a mix between like perfectly placed beats, but also like DIY ramshackle rammed into the limiter stuff that like 
I want to emulate when I make messy electronic music. I still think about this as a reference point. And hearing yeah. people try to use that as a basis for hip hop is like just very fucking cool. And it's why mm. for me, What's Up is the, the track that I go to on this record every single time. Because it's just got that like extension and width and density to it that like that, that sub is like shaking the fucking floor. Um, yeah. Like obviously they're very different sorts of things. Like make a Clams Casino beat for a, a, a Rocky mixtape is a very different animal, very different like thing to a Clams Casino solo track. Like they sound completely different. But there are certain like carryovers and like commonalities that just make it so compelling as like a, oh God, like I can listen to hip hop with this like deep entry point of like understanding the way it's put together as a, as like music. And that got me into hip hop in the first place. Like ASAP was one of the few hip first hip hop artists that I like took really seriously. And it got me into the first hip hop artist I properly loved was Schoolboy Q as a direct result of like collabing with ASAP. And then like the next year, is, is it is this 2011 i think 2011 is the first um uh the first uh uh schoolboy project and then the next year is um Habits and contradictions which i think is an incredible album um which has got a lot of the very, very similar points of references and some of the asap people are on that project as well very brief uh uh side note uh, can we all agree that Schoolboy Q is like the undefeated, like greatest feature artist of all time? Like anytime he shows up on somebody <laughs> uh, else's song, mm, he fucking. I love fucking... Schoolboy so much. Uh, Schoolboy's incredible. I love, yeah. I love a lot of his solo stuff. But anytime Schoolboy Q is on one of somebody else's songs, he's there to fucking murder them. He's yeah. there to like outclass them in every way. It's so yeah. good. Hey, whenever there's a, whenever there's a, like a a fucking. Um, uh, what should I call it? You know, uh, what's the Kendrick Schoolboy J Rock? What's the group? To, uh, uh, Black Hippie. Uh, Black Hippie. Black Hippie. Whenever there's a Black Hippie cut, um, he's the one who like fucking turns up. <laughs> he's the one who's like, he's- right, I've got to like absolutely murder everyone on this track, and like that's my job this time. Like J Rock's is- the cool one, Kendrick's the weird one. Schoolboy's the one who was literally going to fucking slit your throat. It's like, uh, <laughs> I'm so here for his energy every time he's on it. Yeah, you're right. You're just right. He his feature on the Black Hippie remix of that part is like mm. probably my favorite rappers. <laughs> I'd have to think about it, but it's like maybe my favorite. Rap oh god, I, I'd, I'd have to really, have to really think about like the first Schoolboy Q verses because there's a lot. Yeah, there's, there's so the, many good ones. There, there are bits in Blackface that get me that much. There is oh, Blankface is so Bla- Bla- good. yeah, Bla- Blackface over time slowly became like my favorite Schoolboy Q album. Because like before that was like oxymoron to me, but like mm-hmm. over time, yeah, like this became like I think the one for me. Yeah, I. Still I mean, think... oxymoron does have the advantage of having colored greens on it, which will make any album like ten times better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got uh, it's got break the bank. It's got uh, what they <laughs> oh, want. it's got break uh, the bank on it. I thought that was on habits and contradictions. No, You're right. No. So I mean, that it's got man of the year. Scott, uh. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna mm. stand up for habits and contradictions because I think there he goes a perfect track. Um, Hands oh, on the wheels, incredible. Like, who, who was it? Was it you that was like talk saying like, "Oh, oxymoron is like just like you know fine." Was it you? Yeah, no, was I think it? oxymoron is like I was almost disappointed about how, how poppy it was because I've been so in love with the like. So this is it. This is the production stuff on um, Habits and Contradictions that like absolutely completely sucked me in because like some of this is like Soundwave and um, this is a Mike Will made a track on it. Like a lot of this is the in-house Top Dog people. But there's also like a couple of ASAP production people. There's D- D- Dahi and people like that. Like there is a a really consistent feel to this album, which is very similar to the ASAP project, like all about this like 
new, like exploring the deep base extension that you normally don't get. It's a lot of like sampley, samples of like dusty, often rock stuff. And the thing that I've realized connects the two for me and that changed is these really knocky acoustic snares. That's the thing that I realized I was like completely in love with at this point in time. Um, and that like going to any of these tracks and you're gonna hear this like really thuddy, really like flat sounding snare. And some point between now and like Color Green's an exception. Color Green's has got like some of the best production and like drum production in hip hop I've ever heard. But that whole album is just like, okay, by the time of hit 2014, particularly trap drums have just like taken over hip hop production and like everything's 808s and um, like tight, super electronic snares. And that was the thing that I was just like missing the like, the weirdness, the softness, the like, almost powderiness that you got out of this like really like saturated acoustic um like knocky drums um and like i was just absolutely obsessed with the sound and was like missing something when oxymoron hit like i can I fully mean, admit i mean i i guess i could see you missing that but also like color grace on, is a on. perfect color grace Ox- it's got you know tower has a producer credit on there michael made it alchemist yeah. like it's incredible like, you know, it's, i it's, i I am. F- I fully admit, like I'm. I'm like holding it to a really high standard because I think Habits and Contradictions is exceptional. Um, I think this is to me the thing is obviously more is more of a collection of singles. That's the thing. Like that's the the differentiator, and like that's not a bad thing because sometimes the best sorts of albums are just like incredible collections of tracks. It's just that mm-hmm. I'd grown to love listening to Habits and Contradictions as an album because it has this like incredible consistency and like vibe, and that was a thing that like taught me how to listen to hip-hop music in the same way that, like, I needed... Eh, we talked about... Back when we talked about Mavali, I needed that to teach me how to listen to rap. I needed Hamilton Contradictions to teach me how to listen to hip-hop production. And, like, that was a really important, like, transition moment for me in my listening. Because, like, I didn't have much of this stuff before this. So, yeah, like... See, see okay, see, if, yeah, if I were you, I would have just been also listening to rap music for the past 10 years before then, so... Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, Christ. I mean, this is the thing. I was not, just, to, uh, not, to, not to dump on you there. Not, not, to, not to dump on me, but, yeah, no, I fucking got... I got Grime instead, and I'm very happy with that trade. I, I mean, mean you're all yeah. I, I, you know what? You got, yeah, Grime's good over there. You got it good. Exactly. So, yeah, all right. I, that, this was the schoolboy sidebar where we say he's secretly one of the best rappers of the last decade. Um, everyone oh, should listen to, yeah. to yeah the last couple albums they are very fucking good I, st- uh, I, I wish I wish the last song put out was good I, yeah, I, I don't really, haven't heard it actually I don't really care it's fine. Like, no. <laughs> he's given me everything he needs to I like I, I cannot complain you know um the, the other the, like and like I think this is like because we're talking about a lot of stuff that isn't Rocky specifically, but I uh-huh. think, like, yeah. one of the Notice. great things about Rocky as an artist <laughs> is the way that, like, I I kind of think of him as a curator as much as an artist, because, like, I definitely think he has his thing that he does, but also part of what he does is, like, I'm going to get, like, the best features out of everybody I can. I'm going to get the best producers, like... I'm going to wear the hottest clothes. Like, like this is the other thing we haven't talked about is that, like, such a big part of Rocky is, like, the clothes. He's probably more famous for, like, being a fashion guy at this point than being a rapper because no one listened to testing. <laughs> um, test, test. 
I like testing. Testing's good. I liked I like testing. It. I don't think I've heard I it think since I got, 2018. I think I got panned a bit too hard when it came out. Yeah, so agreed. So now people are expecting. I mean, I think the I think single's like just incredible. Like, it took a good Moby track and, like, completely did the best thing I could have ever hoped for with it. Like, that was just... I'm glad that happened. Fox Sleep's also incredible. Um, like, that was, like, okay, what is new FKA Twigs like? And it's a very good way to reintroduce it to the world. Um, mm. the, the, I think this, for some reason the biggest single that came out of this was the Skepta feature, which I thought was fine, but like not oh, exactly. That's a fun track. It's fine. So, I'm just so like exceptional, but it's just a nice, cool track. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas I think Fox Sleep and um, uh, where's the fucking? I know it is the one that samples Moby. I don't know why. Like, uh, it's up forever. It's up forever. There we go. Yeah, it's up forever for me. It's just like that's the one. That's the that's the one. Like that's like Rocky being Rocky. And that's the thing I want from him. Like I've talked to him on, the, on this podcast before, like LSD is probably my favorite Rocky track because it's like him doing the thing that pretty much uniquely he could do with, again, with the like woozy beats and the knocky snare and the like, like the, the like <laughs> him being the stylish New York rapper. Like that's what mm -hmm. I want from him. And I get that oh. out of, um, out of LSD and spades. And I get out of ASAP forever. That's the thing I want to add, like, uh, in this podcast, is that, like, uh, At Long As Apesap, which is where LSD's from, that's that's probably his best album. Mm -hmm. I I think I like the first one better, but, like, I'm not mad at somebody saying At Long Last ASAP is, is better. Like, I totally get why somebody would feel that way, you know? I, I, I just think it has more things going for it, because, like, I feel, I don't know, like, uh, what was his first album called? Uh, uh, was it Long Live Asap? Long Live, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. If we're just talking studio albums, I definitely think "Live Love" is or "At Long Last" is the best. Yeah, because like, because like, "Love of ASAP" is like, or "Long Live ASAP" is like, easily like him like shooting for like, okay, I'm gonna be this big mega famous rap star now. I'm gonna have like, yeah, uh, Drake, Two Chains, and uh, Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar all in the same song. I'm gonna have one train to have all these cool rappers on it. I'm gonna have like the cool like you know. They're like tracks for the club and stuff. I, mean, yeah, I remember forgot. the fucking Skrillex track. Oh my yeah, god, yeah. that track's fun. You I don't care what you say. You mentioned one train, and I was looking at it on Spotify, and I forgot that in 2013, if you wanted to have like your big cool, like all the coolest rappers, uh, posse cut, you would put Joey Badass and Big Crit on, and and Action Bronson. 2013 was different. <laughs> oh, I miss. Uh, I miss it all. Uh, God, I have, I have a lot of thoughts about like. I mean, yeah. Part of the reason um I brought this was also because like, rap music is like really different now than it was in 2011, and also really similar, I think. But um, nobody's making songs that feature one, two, three, four, five, six, seven rappers anymore. Uh, no one's doing that anymore. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think ASAP Ferg, when he just tries to do, like, a big remix, tries to do that. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Although, um, I don't know if it's, like, worked as much as, like, the work remix. Um, it's just, like, because this album is internet rap to me, like, it, this album is Dat Piff to me in a big way, um, but, like, it's just such a different thing in, um, like, both both in streaming, I think, where it doesn't make as much sense to put out a mixtape that's 
got 16 songs on it as it does to like you know just put out uh who is it you put me on to recently uh ba to pac-man is that right do i get it right <laughs> uh, uh i think it was hold on oh Holy bf shit. to pac-man bf, BF to pac-man, pac-man yeah um like because i think like it just makes a lot of sense if you're if you're uh pac-man to just like put out a song whenever you finish it you know um and like also just like i think social media has changed this a little bit um to where now like rocky when he puts out new music is trying to promote like his brand whereas like back in 2011 it was more about like trying to get your name out there like trying trying to to get your yeah trying to get your name out there um and part of that was like well if i put if I put Big Crit on the song, that's, like, beneficial to both of us because, like, um, like his fans b- kind of become my fans, my fans become his fans. Whereas, like, I feel like that's not quite as yeah. much of a thing anymore because everything is just a little more fractured um, yeah, at all. But, uh, you go, you sorry. go. Sorry, sorry, I just have a lot of feelings about, like, that era of rap music where, like, there's clearly this kind of shift in what rap music was going to be in the next 10 years mm-hmm. and like i feel like early 2010s was when like you know when like this new like era of artists was like coming up you know like uh you know like like a uh, rocky like a uh, kendrick Lamar even like because he was he's, he's yeah. really pop until like 2013 yeah i mean section 80 is this year and the next year is um what should we call it uh Good kid. Uh, good kid, Massey. Like, this is literally when it's all happening. Yeah, this is like back then where, like, everyone was on the come up. Like, no one was, like, no, no big, no big new artists have been, like, really established yet outside of, like, Drake or something. And yeah. So like, so, like, these people were all, like, hungry to make a name for themselves as, like, the new big thing in rap music. Yeah, and I guess the other thing is that, like, at that time, um, the goal was to become, like, a a a, a megastar like rocky wanted to be super famous and he became super famous um i i think like pac-man could make songs for like thirty thousand people for the rest of his life and stay paid you know like yeah. um like i'm gonna listen to every song he ever puts out for his whole fucking life like 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 detroit rappers can like you know stay you know make music for themselves and like whoever else wants to get on it can but like Mm -hmm. they they could just be content with that yeah and like i think a lot of rappers like could make you can find a niche now and you don't have to be like the most famous guy on the planet to get paid and stay paid you know, like, um, there, there just aren't, there isn't, like, space as much for, like, your Megan the Stallions and, like, Cardi B's of the world who are, like, super duper mega ultra famous. Yeah, you know? that's, that's kind of what, like, the internet did to rap music was, like, it, like, it gave a space for, like, all these different artists, like, like, you know, their own different spaces for them to, like, you know, work creatively in. So, like, you didn't have to be like trying to gun for like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be like the next big mega star. You can just like serve your own like click and like your, you know, community of people and just like you know, stay chill doing that. 
I mean, yeah, like, and, like, we've talked about, like, oh, sorry for bumping the mic there. Um, We've talked about, like, me being, like, kind of out of music a little bit the last couple years. And, like, as I was, like, out of music, like, Griselda pops up in, like, a big way. And, like, that's my favorite shit ever. And, like, you know. um, Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Drain Gang, like, pops up. And, like, that's not my favorite shit ever. But, like, I get why it's your favorite shit ever. And, like, you can just make music for smaller niches you don't have to be like a crossover like hit maker anymore in like a really cool way and like um internet music is like internet rap music is like really different now but i think internet rap music is like just cool in a different way now yeah although i will say with griselda i think i think i think benny benny butcher in particular is like trying to actually like Actually, all three of them in their own ways, like, trying to cross over into, like, that bigger stage of, like, rap music. Did you listen to the newest, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Conway record? I listened to some um, of it, yeah. They're, like, there's some great tracks on there. He's still doing this thing. This is, It's really good, and it's really funny because, like, he's clearly kind of bitter about, uh, Benny being more famous than he is. In, like, a good way, I think. In, like, a good, like, competitive way. It doesn't feel like it's gonna be beef. It just feels like... Oh, like these guys are friends, but they're also competing with each other. <laughs> yeah, that's like cool as shit. Like it's you know, like, yeah, yeah. Mm, they all they all make good great great stuff. Um, God, uh, that uh, burden of proof, the Benny the Butcher project from last year is so fucking good. <laughs> it's it's not my favorite from him. Like it's it, that's it's not my favorite like, the from big, him. Like, I'm 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 you know I'm making bigger music now. I got uh no ID like for uh was it wait was it no ID? I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, I think it was yeah, I think it was no ID. It was like he's going like, you know, I'm you know, I'm climbing with Big Sean now. I'm doing like big big things in the strap business. The, the the main thing with that record it was that I really like the first song and I really like the Gibbs song. Like I feel like they they Benny and Gibbs work so well together. Yeah, like uh, the the track with Lil, like Lil Wayne like on Timeless, like he fucking murdered that like verse he did. I'm so glad that Lil Wayne is just like he's just good now. He's just yeah. good again. He was not for so long, and now he just shows up on other people's songs sometimes, and is like he's Lil Wayne still. I don't. I love that guy so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's such. Uh, it's so nice. Uh Especially just with, like... Nora was asking me about this last night because I was talking about Lil Wayne randomly. Um, And, like... uh, She was like, you didn't really like the Carter Five. I was like, yeah, but, like, in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's good tracks on it. It's, like, like 20... Over 20 tracks or something. But, like, you know, there's some good in there. Then there's the deluxe version with over 30 tracks. But, like, I like that he put out an album that I have no strong feelings about, but they're vaguely positive. That's great. He didn't do that for years. (laughs) You're, like, we're originally waiting for him, like, for those, like, past, like, you know, couple years before he put out the album. Yeah. Um... Do we have more thoughts about Rocky? We keep like just going off on different tangents. I do. I, I have some more thoughts. Yes, please do. Please do. Okay, because we 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 mentioned Space Ghost Prep a little bit earlier, and we didn't really talk about them all that much. Mm-hmm. I do want to make a note that like Space Ghost Prep, like you know, we we said it like he's like one of the like 
most like influential people that like you know came about in those early like days of rap music. Well, yeah, with like uh, you know former Greater Clan and stuff, which Denzel Curry eventually came out of. Uh, I do. I, I always reckon... forget that Denzel Curry comes out of that. Oh yeah, like he, he reps them as much as he can whenever he can. Uh, mm. He's got all he's got all mixtapes back then that people should check out because uh, you know pretty damn good. Mm. Yeah, like this, like this, you know. Uh, Perp was really like back then, try, like really becoming like, uh, like the original like revivalist of like you know southern like rap music, like yeah. like that's like he was just obsessed with like DJ Screw into Six Mafia. He was like really trying to like bring that back in vogue as like a cool thing to appreciate, and like, uh, like Aesop Rocky was like someone you know would you know they collabed with like artistic and creatively. Uh, and like eventually, yeah. like other people, like other people, like you know, eventually picked up on it more. Uh, there was there's one album that I, I really debated on like I might bring out here eventually, but uh, Mrs. Thug Isolation by Lil Gugiman, mm-hmm. which is one I, of the most I important records name. of the 2010s. I, <laughs> I don't know that I know that one actually. It's really good. Uh yeah, Lil Algamine, great dude who also collabed a lot with like Raider Clan back in the day. And like and he's not really doing that much stuff now, unfortunately, but like he's got a lot of stuff out there that's really cool. But yeah, like he like, you know, a perp was really like important to like bring that whole like dark, like you know, southern like rap sound with like you know, like like you know, some gothic elements into there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, like, a lot of people picked up on later, like, you know, s- someone like Louis Vert, for example. Yeah. I definitely like, think that, like, people getting, like, people having, because so much, like, for such a long time, rap music was what New York Radio decided rap music was, and it was very, like, you have to fit in these certain boundaries, and, like, uh asap and the asap mob and space ghost perp specifically like really highlighting like houston rap music and uh that was not getting played on new york radio was like totally like 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 no one was really thinking about the six mafia back then yeah and now like now juicy j is like a megastar again yeah juicy j is like we all know, we all recognize that Juicy J is like one of the most important and influential people and always has been. And Stay Fly has always been one of the greatest songs. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, yeah, like I think it, like all of that stuff, like becoming more respected is also like then feeds into like the huge boom of atlanta rap in the 2010s and like atlanta being like the most important like like regionality doesn't matter the way that it used to but it does help that all those guys are from like the same town yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) that all the most famous people are from the same place (laughs) yeah there there was a moment like in like you know like the later half of 2010s where like when, like, Miami was, like, like outside of, like, Ray Ross or something. But, like, when, like, Miami was, like, really trying to start to show itself as, like, a big hotbed for new rap. Because that that's when people, like, Lil Pump and Smoke Perp were, like, coming up. Mm-hmm. And, like, Ronnie J is, like, this, like, big new, like, hit producer for much people. Is and, T-Pain like, from Miami? I feel like he is. Yeah, T-Pain's from Miami. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, 
like there, there was like a moment there where like Miami is like sort of coming back it's like you know this big new thing for like rap music and it's kind of sort of fizzled out mm-hmm. yeah Atlanta just like Atlanta, yeah Atlanta just keeps going is it just like a well-oiled machine of like as soon as you think like it's starting to fall off like little baby shows up and like little baby is so good <laughs> yeah god you know I was, I was talking about this like this to Rex the other day or like sometime recently but like it's incredible how, like, all of a sudden, Lil Baby becomes, like, the most important person at rap music. <laughs> like, I, like, 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 you just didn't see it coming. Like, cause you I just woke up one day and, like, he was, like, number one on every chart. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because I, I, was, I was talking about, I was, I was actually talking about Lil Yachty to, uh... Yeah, what happened to, to Lil Rex. Yachty was the question, and, like, where did his career, like, who replaced yeah. him, effectively, was the question I yeah, was asking. Yeah, because, like, Lil, Lil Yachty, you know, like, in, like, 2016, like, when he found Lil Boat, he was like... Ah uh, shit, you know, Atlanta's doing something big. They're doing like cool new stuff with rap music, you know? And Yachty was like he was on that twenty sixteen uh double XL freestyle uh list, like mm-hmm. like he was like poised to become like this big like thing and then like then then QC signed Lil Baby and then Lil Baby became the biggest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> and then I... now Yachty's the one that has to catch up with him. I do, I kind of wonder if, like, the gimmick stuff with Yachty, like, helped him get famous, but made it hard to stay famous. In the same way that I wonder, like, is Little Nas well, X going to stay famous? Because, like, you know? he's, 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 he's not doing that thing anymore. He's just a rap guy now. Like, he does not, <laughs> right. he does not like, do, like, the singing thing that, like, isn't famous anymore, really. Like, he's just a rap guy who, like... Absolute travesty yeah. just rap being music. a guy. Very monotone and stuff. <laughs> I really liked Broccoli. I genuinely cannot remember another Yachty song, whether and whether I liked them or not. Like, oh, Minnesota. Been... Uh, Minnesota. Come on. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. I was I was really high on Lil Yachty back then. Like he was like like one of the things that like got me like really big on like nuclear rap music. I was I was more of a Twenty One person at that. Oh, time, tw- oh like. yeah, Twenty One who yeah. 21 can show up and rap in the same flow on every song ever and I'll st- I'll eat it up every time. <laughs> um I listened to Savage Road 2 and I listened to like seven songs like yep it's still 21 I still love him. <laughs> Sounds the same on every song doesn't matter. I <laughs> uh, he's a uh, uh, good dude. Yeah. Um, so again, we're managed... that we're not talking with, about Rocky. again. I, I'm just like I'm, I love letting you just you two just run with this. I'm just like that was the the sort of tangent that you flew off on having talked about space ghost, uh, space ghost. Like that was just like okay, a guy managed to open up New York and like taste make a rap to like southern and weird hip hop sounds and like yeah, that's just like everything fucking runs through this incredible moment in 2011, like 11, 12, where like the entire taste of the next decade was being reestablished in real time. And like, we got to, we got to watch that in different ways. Like I do not have anywhere near the same knowledge as you two do, which is the obvious, like fine, whatever, but like, God, it's fun to like feel out the different places. It went very, 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 very yeah. cool. Uh, thank you for reminding me that they were talking about perp here. Cause I want to like mm. mention like the latter part where, uh, the part the part where he started beefing with Mob and then eventually just started like breaking connections with like a whole tons of other people, mm-hmm. and kind of just he's kind of he he drifts off into his own like corner to where like 
it's sad he didn't go for him too well. Like, he wasn't, like, putting out music anymore. Like, he was just... Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is very isolated and stuff. Which yeah, is, like, I... oh, it's really unfortunate. Even though, like, I think he, he, said, he said a lot of shit. He's, he said a lot of stuff. Uh, there's a, there's a Twitter out there that like chronicles a bunch of old Space Ghost perp tweets because there's a lot of wild shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I recommend mm -hmm. people checking that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, the thing is just that, like, I think he was so talented and so creative and, like, always trying to do something new and, like, yeah, just, like, really important and really just, like, did not stay relevant seemingly because of his own just like personal problems with everybody in the music business pretty much <laughs> seems <sighs> like if he was in like on better terms with like literally anybody he would probably still um you know make him fucking hits yeah <laughs> like he like he could have been that guy he could have been like like at a the big level huge of star. yeah but it just it didn't happen and he doesn't have sort of like the narrative in that like because like gucci Mane could like disappear for five years and then show up and be like mega huge uh again because he had the the, the jail stuff happening with him whereas i don't think perp has any sort of like narrative around him that is ever going to catapult him back like, into, yeah like, like people aren't looking out for him really yeah like uh but yeah if if people listen to uh live love asap and want more and want something that's on streaming services uh mysterious funk chronicles 2 is so good or not mysterious funk chronicles 2 mysterious funk the chronicles of space ghost perp i don't know why i put a two in there <laughs> <laughs> it's just a really good album just really fucking good yeah i was i was surprised to learn that the album came out on 4ad weirdly enough Ooh, i don't know how that did happens. it really yeah it did huh Weird. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Weird. I don't know how that happens. Um, I feel like I'm running out of stuff to talk about. Also, okay, I feel like I've, we've been going for a very long time. Okay. <laughs> I, sorry. I have one more thing. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have one more thing, and it's it's kind of how ASAP Mob was just like kind of washed. Yeah. Kind of washed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's alright. Like the Ferg's on is... this tape, and like like some other like ASAP members are. So I mean, you mentioned that like the 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 crew itself like extends in a sort of weird amorphous way, where you like, okay, that's a rapper with the ASAP at the start of the name. Like, do I actually need to pay attention to them? Is a very very like unclear like that. That's a question with a very unclear answer. Yeah, and that's what people thought back then. Like people yeah. thought like you know like you know the back then like you know they all were kind of trying to make a name for themselves, and then like. I think people kind of realized, like, uh, I think we're just going to keep with, stay with Rocky and Ferg here. I think we're cool with just those beef people. Yeah, I I really like, it. I would have to revisit them. I really like the first Cozy Tapes album, um, but, like, I definitely, like, the first Cozy Tapes for me is, like, just the sounds and like having a lot of guys rap at me like it, it's not i don't know any of the names in the same way that like the first time i heard 36 chambers it took me months to remember who inspector deck was like, you, like, you don't remember like an asap 12 verse but you no. do remember a cardi feature or a tower feature right exactly um 
And you remember the hook to Lamborghini High. Even if you don't remember the rest of the song, you remember the hook to that song. You know? Um, yeah. And, like, that's that's all you really need. And, like, also, it doesn't help that I just have never really vibed with Ferg. I don't have a problem with him, but I, he's just not one of my faves. And so Ferg like, had, like, a hot few years, mm-hmm. like, where he was, like, you know, really blowing up. And I think it all kind of, I think, I think he kind of just fizzled out some. I think like, he kind of fizzled out some. And I think that Rocky, like, probably didn't help that by, like, deciding to be more of a pop culture guy than like a specifically yeah. music guy, you know? Yeah, like I like I think Ferk's still playing music. He's still doing stuff, but like it's just it's not he's not he's not putting out like a work. Mm-hmm. Like uh like any of other tracks. Yeah, he's not putting out work and like because like features with like a bunch of people on them aren't the same thing anymore. You don't like get that like once a year, like, oh, this song came out and it had four guys on it, and Ferg is like low key the best one on the track, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, Ferg is never get. the best. Like, like no. I can't think of Not a time typically. where he was the best guy on a track, but like, you could, that was like a thing that you could at least argue about, and then you'd be talking about Ferg. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're really coming to fucking scrape the bottom of the barrel for this. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking through it and like, no, you're actually right. You're straight up right. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think like the like, I, like Asamaba as a collective, like still kind of trying to make themselves like still relevant out there. Like you know, I think those cozy tapes like were an attempt to, but I don't think it really happened as much. Mm. Like I think like you know like Cardi starting to be affiliated with them did a lot more for yeah for Asimov. sure. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, like like no, there's their names are still out there. Like I think like you know, yeah, Ferg and Rocky have features on that Rockhampton album that I think are all right. Mm-hmm. I st- I still gotta listen to that Rockhampton album that I said I was gonna listen to last time. It's good. Yeah, and yeah, all credit to Marcy for putting me on it in the first place. And yeah, she's entirely right. It's very good. Yeah, I remember when like you know like the album was out and I keep listening to it and I was like, oh shit, they did it. They did, they did it. They're back. Shit. They finally figured it happened. out. And like, Everything I was, like, was so oh, weird after the... to this now. Yeah, I was an iridescence <laughs> defender, and I still think this is just like quite clearly far better. Everything was just so weird after Saturation One and Three, and like Amir leaving or Amir getting fired. Like, let's you know. Don't, don't even be be around that one. Yes. Yeah, like uh, everything was just so weird and. I'd always been a really big fan of him until that stuff happened. And so, like, I just, I kind of, like, they kind of fell out of my mind. It wasn't even, like, a, um, uh, yeah, it wasn't even, like, a discounting them. It was just, like, a, what are we, what are we doing now? Like, what's, what, how do we recover from this? Yeah. Also, how do we, like, follow up the greatest, like, year of music that you could possibly have? Because the first three Saturation albums are so good and just, like, back-to-back hits. Uh, um, but yeah, good album there. Also, this, so. this mixtape here, good. This Rocky, this Rocky tape. 
Yeah, it's good. I just like Live Love ASAP a lot. I was yeah. I'm really glad we got to talk about it. And like I'm really glad that it brought us to a lot of like different weird places. <laughs> yeah. Okay, one okay, one last thing I want to say about it. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know or think Rocky is like a good rapper on this tape. <laughs> no. I think No 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 no. No, yeah. <laughs> Finally we get like... to actually talk about what Rocky sounds like. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think oh, he, he, he was helped a lot by like the stuff surrounding him. Yeah, I mean, but, like I mean, hey, the rapping on this album is like very average. I mean, the Orton pulled up earlier. Like Schoolboy Q comes on a brand new guy and fucking murders him. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and like the thing is like I think Rocky became like a much more better rapper like later on. Like I think like you know he can like kill a feature here or there, but like on this he's like, yeah, I'm just I'm just rapping. I think it, I think broadly speaking, I do like him better as a features guy than a um, albums guy, just because like I like I like Rocky is one of my favorite guys to hear bounce off of somebody else. Uh, yeah, I, think, I feel like he does a lot of really good stuff with other people's energy. Um, and like, so for like, me, for that reason, I'm really into him as a songs guy. Like, this is why I was so like I was defensive about testing and still think that like. The, the the later albums have so much going for them when other people seem to have discounted them because like when he's not trying to be like a rap forward rapper he's actually just really good like whether it's singing voice or whether it's just like songs that lean into just the vibe <laughs> I think that's where he excels and like I think that's to some degree the sort of thing like no he's also just got become way better as a rapper but like I think he's also better as like a vibes curator and that's like a really mm, important yeah. kind of rapper to have yeah. and like I'm I still going to rock for that I think he's a much better space as like a as a as a vibes curator. Yeah. And I think he's done like really interesting stuff from like from like uh at long last to like testing to like I'm I'm like curious where he goes with his next album. Like I wanna know like what kind of stuff he's pulling from. I'm also like he could never put out another album again and like still be super famous, so like yeah. I don't know. Like, like I, he doesn't it, need to rap, but he doesn't want to. He just kinda wants to. Yeah. Apparently so. Yeah. Um, I have one last little thing, which is yes, um, a thing that like I th- I'm guessing we're wrapping up about this record. One of the things us three bonded over was just like potato salad as a track. Um, yes, yes. Potato yeah. salad as a track that sort of united us in just like sheer giddy appreciation for what it is. And I just want to establish, yes. like, we did come to the conclusion that like Marcy's ASAP. Autumn is Tyler, <laughs> and I'm Jaden, not rapping, just sort of nodding in the back of the car. Yeah, I'm absolutely. glad you brought this up on this pod here because I would have never remembered. I was gonna probably mention like, and we all agree that Potato Salad is his best song. Yes, I mean that is entirely true. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I kind of forgot about the part where <laughs> we we typecast ourselves into the track. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, add another kin to Marcy's pile. <laughs> Yui from K-On and ASAP Rocky. Yeah. Sure, okay. Yeah, sure, we'll go with that. Uh. Uh, we, all, we all got to be on the lookout. I'll take Jaden, frankly. Take any Jaden any day of the week. I Jaden's made a couple good songs. A couple. Not like a lot of them, but like a couple. <laughs> You know what? That's oh. enough for me. That's en- that's enough for me. You know what? If you're Will Smith's son, you just don't have to be 
doing that much. I mean, Jane wants to, but he's not. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm wrapping this up for real this time because we've been going almost two and a half hours. <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad you brought me on here to talk about rap music this time. Yeah, it's so good. It's just better. It's just this better. is meant I, to happen. I literally could fucking <laughs> sit back and let you two just go. It is so much fun. I could keep going if I wanted to. But I know. I know. Off. We could find another tangent, but I'm going to insist. So, <laughs> um. Rex, do you know what you're picking next time? I have two options in mind, but I want, like, if you want to go for it, if you have a thing, go for it. I, oh, I also... Y'all remember this time. I, I was it took me a minute, a, but I, like... Shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, if that's the energy. <laughs> uh, so... Hmm. I was gonna give you choices as well, and I need to just narrow this down slightly. Uh-huh. I'm not sorry. Um... Like, like, because I have, like, five in my head, and I want to make it two. So just give me just, like, one second, cool. and I will I think I've out. got it down to two, so... I have no okay. idea what these picks are. Yeah. I mean, I think you might dislike me for what they might be, but never mind. Mm. Um, uh, that wouldn't be out of usual. It's like, why don't you fucking bring me on for that one? Yeah. Um... Like you, you like club music. I date you. We've bonded over making like listen to club music, and yet you pick like other stuff. I'm sorry. Isn't cool. I'm sorry. We'll just do it better <laughs> next time. I, I get good ideas and then forget that we could just talk about really fun club music with, with Marcy. I'm not used to blowing you like this. I know. I'm glad you got to do it on a podcast. <laughs> you can just do this in your actual life. This is a thing you're allowed to do. You don't need a podcast as an excuse to tear into me. <laughs> Maybe maybe we should podcast some more and we'll get our feelings out in the open. Yeah, yeah, maybe that. Yeah. Clearly this is somewhat therapeutic. Yeah. Were you going to give me album choices or not? Yeah, okay. Oh, fine. Are you waiting for me to, to deliver them? Okay, I'm giving you... Yeah, I was, I was just like, uh, I'm just, I'm going to vibe. Okay. <laughs> um, you have a choice between old weird electronic and new weird electronic. Um, give me the old stuff. All right, the album is "Try Repeatai" by Ortaka. Oh shit! Okay. You're bringing an Ortaka album on here? Yeah, I want to fucking try and melt Autumn's brain. <laughs> Hit me with a spelling on. Um, I want to do that. I want to uh, try to do that. Yeah, Ortaka. A U T E C H R E. Okay. You can message me with the new like record would have been. Um, the okay. new record would have been Motion Graphics, self-titled record. Ah, that's also good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but yeah, uh, Tri Repetai, uh, T-R-I space R-E-P-E-T-A-E. Okay, um, do you want a 2010s rap album or a twenty or 2000s rap album? Ooh, that's your choice. I mean, Ooh. what's, 2000s definitely going to be challenging, much more challenging, so I don't know, uh, can I go for 2010 because I'll have things to say about it? Sure. Done. 2010s. Uh, in which case, 1017 Thug by Young Thug. It's the best yeah. album ever. It's fucking great. It's 1017 right. Thug. Uh, we're going, we're going there. <laughs> going for Thug. Sick. All right. The other the other choice was going to be the Carter, the first Carter album. Yeah, so. I would have had fun. Oh, that, oh um. I'll, I'll, <laughs> maybe the album after uh, after this, we'll just do the Carter. Maybe right. it's just picking the order. So. Yeah, Not I mean, enough people <laughs> talk about the Carter. The Carter's good. I was trying to decide it was going to be one, two, or three, and I was like, well, 
three is kind of like to me like just like a perfect little pop album and it's it is the album that got me into little wayne but like it's not i think the carter is like the one to pick if we were going to cover just one of them uh and just get all my little wayne feelings out there (laughs) yeah i think it's one's not talked about as much yeah i feel like uh people hold up Either two, three, or they're like, no, 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 fuck the albums. It's the mixtapes. It's tapes. three in. It's three in the mixtapes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll talk. We'll probably do uh the first Carter album after Ten Seventeen Thug. But next next time, Ten Seventeen Thug, the twenty thirteen uh Young Thug mixtape. So. Hell yeah! Wonderful. Uh, hey, Marcy. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on the internet, on Twitter. That's also where I'm at, I guess. Um, at Marcy Online on there, if you want to check out whatever's happening in there. Um, it's Marcy. She's you... online. Yeah, that's me. You can find me on Twitter, at Autumnal underscore coffee. Um, I think, you know what? I might put out a tweet and like maybe see because i know there are a couple people that want to guest and i don't know if they're quite the right fit for talking about old electronic music and uh, a young thug album but i'll put out who could have done that (laughs) (laughs) listen if you want to be there like just like (laughs) we've made a grave error (laughs) okay We'll talk. Maybe it'll be on the next episode, too. I did, not mean to, I did not mean to get myself in like that. That's very funny. If I, you, you, you know what? Yeah, I, oh, my God. Yeah. We've got people who are wanting to guess, but I feel like we've chosen just such specifically us albums that it, I don't know if it makes sense to have a guest, but I, I will talk to people and figure it out. Yeah. So maybe there will be a guest next yeah. time. I do not have a, I have not have a next pick as of now, but I'll, I'll think of one if you're... Yeah, if you if you think of a pick, like, you're more than welcome to come on. <laughs> Perfect. Um... We recorded a two and a half hour podcast. I thought this was going to be a tight 90. I thought Hell we were yeah. going to... Oh, shut up, Nora. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you want to tell us what Nora said? Or is that staying between you and wife? She's just she's just making fart noises with her mouth. Cool. Wonderful. Shout out to Nora. Shout out to fart noises. Shout, yeah. I love my wife so much. Shout out to wife? Shout out to wife. Shout out to wife. Uh, we're done here. We are sick. Uh, did Rex? No, I don't think Rex. I didn't there. do my plugs. Um, oh yeah, go, uh, go. You can find me Sorry. on Twitter at regression with three S's, and you can find my K-pop podcast at Stan Ontology, which is back now. First episode's out. It's long. It's good. It's about a hip hop track that Marcy thinks is kind of basic, but I think is special because oh it's yeah, a, that one yeah yeah it's a kind of basic hip hop track, but it's a K-pop hip hop track, and also it's got incredible choreography, and therefore that makes it sort of gay and very good. And you should go watch it and listen to the episode. You mentioning Stan Ontology uh, reminded me of um, this is like much more minor. Um, I did. I spent an afternoon updating the uh, Export Audio Patreon. If you go to exportaud.io, um, everything just looks like nice and up to date there now. Um, we've got like you know, we've got all the podcasts that are currently going like listed which was not true before i did that (laughs) um we've got little like redirects so that you can um 
find every podcast easily. Like if you want to listen to if you want to listen to export, it's um exportodd.io slash export audio. If you want to listen to hot singles, exportodd.io slash hot singles. Um the 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 Patreon has the list of redirects. It has um all of those are gonna take you straight to RSS feeds because our like websites are ugly because I'm not gonna spend the time to make the websites look nice, but um uh yeah, Squarespace. So, Unless you give yeah, me this money, go... fuck Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go check out exportodd.io. Uh maybe there are podcasts on the network that you're not listening to that you should. For example, um, Attention Duelist, which is not a podcast that exists yet, but will soon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. There's a there's an announcement about it in the Discord. People have probably seen it. it that episode might... They might record that and put it up before we do. I don't know, so. Exciting. Whew. Now we're done here. Now we're, we're done here. Let's, let's get the fuck out of here. I'm glad I'm recording right now. Uh, I'm recording right now too. I, I I gotta be super, just like mega honest. I have only ever imagined you drinking water, beer, and tea because you're an English person in my head. Um, <laughs> and those are the so three things you- that English people drink. <laughs> So I can tell you for like straight up, I have never drunk tea because one of my many autistic aversions is to the smell of both tea and coffee. Mm-hmm. So I just do not drink either of them at all. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Um, I drink a shit ton of sodas to the point where one of my like indulgences in life is buying posh soda. Like love a posh soda. Uh, really expensive ginger beer or like wanky fermented colas or whatever it is. We I'm used to have um up the street from me and lawrence a like boutique soda store that only mm. sold like glass bottle sodas from like small independent brands like and we would just go there I, my favorite was always Lenonade, uh which is a a soviet themed soda uh <laughs> that i really enjoyed Leninade. just Lenonade. Lenonade. that's Incredible. I mean, that also looks awesome. <laughs> um, very, very, very cosplay, but also, yeah, I would absolutely buy that. No question. It's it was hard to tell if it was like a joke or if it was just like a actually like, oh, we just think communists are cool sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was Praxis, but no, I mean, a lot of people just really like Soviet to... branding. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Including a bunch of right wingers, it's very strange. Yeah. But yeah, um, right now I have, I think it's, is it, is it Phantomans? Um, I'm googling to the, the I could get up. Yeah, Phantomans Curiosity Cola. Um, I've got two big bottles of it in my fridge, and it is like a, like a, a, a herbally um, 
herbal fermented cola, like lots of mm. natural ingredients, tastes great, got a wonderful like like spicy or slightly spicy almost aftertaste. It's great, I love it. Um it is too expensive, but I will buy it as like the treat because the rest of my diet is absolutely functional. <laughs> so so I will I will get that for myself sometimes. Yeah. I don't know if I can get down with y'all's posh cola stuff here. I I don't know. Like listen. I mean I've never the thing is I've never tried any. Ninety nine like percent of the time I just get a sprite. Um sometimes a, a Coca Cola but I just used to live up the street from a boutique soda store, so I would go there sometimes. These days, the only soda I get that is not Sprite or Coca-Cola is uh, Haritos, which is, like, not boutique at all. It's just... No, that's very normal. Yeah, that is just, like... also fucking excellent, so... Yeah, it's fucking better than all that shit. The Haritos Cola uh, is so fucking good and i can never find it i can find all the fruity flavors but i can never find their cola flavor which just kicks the shit out of a normal can of coke just like absolutely yeah. fucking destroys that shit i don't know if i can agree i don't know i mean if i i can't remember the taste of Frida's cola but i'm very much like i know what the taste of coke tastes like and that's what i want yeah i like that haritos tastes different <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm here being like, if I had to choose a basic ass soda, I'd go Pepsi over Coke because it gives me that like marginally less fizzy, definitely more sweet. Like that's the balance that I want, and that's what I get in Pepsi. Yeah, C- Coke. I, I I always fool. I always go back to Coke because like when I first drink it, it gives me like like a spi- like just a, like a bit more spike of energy than like a get of other cola. Yeah, and that's all I like about it. You know. I will fuck up a rum and coke though. Uh, oh yeah! Oh mm. oh man! Mm. Like I think that Coke makes a better like mixed drink than uh, agreed than Absolutely. Pepsi does. Again, it doesn't taste like the sugar right so much. The first time I had I tried rum and coke, I was like, "This just tastes like Coke with like a tiny bit of aftertaste." I could get fucked yeah. up on this. Yeah, you can get fucked up on a rum and coke regularly. like real quick because you don't realize how much rum you're drinking. Uh, God, um, I had friends over in my flat for the first time in ever. <laughs> Straight up, it's very strange to say that I've lived in this town for now nine, eight months or something, and I had people who are not me in it for the first time, like at all. And like, great, I have some beers. We can open up all the windows and sit in every in the corners of the room and just like mm-hmm. fucking have alcohol together in a calm, nice space. And it was yeah. Just, oh. Yeah. Missed it so fucking much, and I did drink most of the bottle of scotch that I had left, which was a good way to spend an evening. Never had scotch. Ooh, I'm. I'm the, uh... I basically <laughs> only drink liquor to mix with other things, and so I drink a lot of rum, a lot of tequila, some vodka. I don't try a lot of like liquors that are supposed to just be enjoyed on their own. Really? Yeah, no, I, I've grown to like a bunch of them. I know that super, cheap supermarket vodka fucked me up so much during university that I can't really go back to it. Oh, yeah. Like, even expensive vodka, like, doesn't doesn't agree with me particularly well. I, I'm a big fan of. Um, the only but, like, thing again, I use a vodka for is a white Russian. That is the only mm-hmm. thing. 
yeah, other I'm than that. Martinis. Martinis I can get get by with because it's not dominated by the vodka vodkariness. It's just like you need to put some neat alcohol in there. But like yeah. it's dominated by like a fruit flavor in the martini. But right. I haven't had a lot of uh, I haven't had a lot of soda in the house like the last few times of drink. So like it's it's mostly like the last few times it's been like the street having it straight, which mm-hmm. like I can deal with. But I'd much rather have a mix. Yeah. The the, the thing that sort of happened was. I I realized that I like was a bit of a wanker and liked cocktails quite a lot and started like building up a bit of an arsenal that I could like make cocktails whenever I want. However, my favorite is an old fashioned and that means I need fresh oranges, which inevitably sit in my fruit bowl and go moldy because I barely eat them, but mm-hmm. always want one around for an old fashioned, <laughs> which is not a good, good new use of resources. My family really um, likes to have like, uh, Pineapple and rum together. That's like oh, I favorites. love pineapple and rum. Gorgeous. Love it. I I don't remember where I picked this up, but I learned this some number of years ago that like Cameron's drink of choice is um, <laughs> pineapple Ciroc and uh, pineapple juice, just like pineapple on pineapple. Ooh, wow, that's a lot. I'm, I'm googling Cameron pineapple Ciroc. We do a music podcast. This is music. <laughs> we haven't even done the claps yet. <laughs> we fine. never clapped. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we'll get that. We'll get that. Come on. We, we long intro. Long uh long roll. Um Cameron. It's gonna be a fun three. bit at the end of the podcast. When you we'll start, in. who knows? I mean probably I've taught him. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll figure it out. Given that we don't want people to leave immediately, but you know, <laughs> no, they got no. If they're real fans, they're no, <laughs> this is what people like. Yeah. And besides, no, I'm talking about Cameron. This is a music podcast. Fuck uh, you, it's a music podcast. Uh, Cameron mixed drink. Let me see. I I don't know where I picked this up, but it, I have just thought of it in my head every time somebody br- mentions like pineapple and rum i think of this even though ciroc is vodka obviously it doesn't have to be true but true enough that like it it is true <laughs> um I'm now look i'm now just googling for rapper's favorite drinks but it's more just like someone's run the stats on it and figured out that hennessy is <laughs> the thing that gets referenced in lyrics most frequently which is so <laughs> apparently just last month um cameron was on uh, Drink Champs, which is some like internet show where rappers talk about, uh, or, or hip hop artists, more more broad than rappers. Um, yeah, who who hosts that show? Hold on. Uh, Nori. Yeah, yeah, Nori. Yeah. Uh, so Cameron was on there. Here are fifteen things we learned. Um, page two. This is a fucking fifteen-page listicle. I feel cheated. Um. Ugh. Oh, this is boring. It's Mace actually brought Cam to Biggie so he could sign him to his pinning. I don't care. Tell me what Cameron drinks. <laughs> How does Cameron get fucked? We need to know. <laughs> how, Often, how does he like to I would get say. fucked? This is what I'd like to know. <laughs> <laughs> would we fuck Cameron? How old? How old is Cam? How old is he? Oh, he's got to be in like forties. He forty-five. Forty-five. Um, I'd probably fuck Cam. I don't know. Just say he did it. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, like because then you can tell that story. Because you would say like, "Oh, you fucked Cameron," and then the next one you kiss. Next question you would get like, "Why Cameron?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a very specific pick. Yeah. Or if they're younger, they'd be like, "Who's Cameron?" Yeah. No, this is this is a minor issue. But I'm not gonna lie. He, he, I'm looking at images right now, and when he gets spruced up, he's pretty hot. Well, the answer to why Cameron is just like, well, my other choice was Jewel's, and I'm not no, nah. <laughs> You kidding me? No. <laughs> Cameron so is, is very quickly turning from list of rappers by their favorite drink from list of list of rappers who he would or wouldn't fuck. This is <laughs> this is the hot singles brand. Imagine getting into a gangbang with Dipset. I wonder what that's like. This is what I'm saying is that Cam is the most fuckable <laughs> member of Dipset. This is absolutely what I'm saying. <laughs> like, what does Jim Jones get to do? <laughs> This is fucked up. Why are we talking about this? Why not? It's a music podcast. That's how it works. These are important music things people need to know. They they really are. Um, we're also so we're gonna, gonna get this content. Yeah, we're gonna have, we're gonna put a tier maker. It's gonna have the members, of the diplomats, and we're gonna put them in a tier list and gonna give it to the world. That's the thing. That's the thing we should do. Is DM Cameron to just come and talk about the podcast? That's also the thing we could do. Yeah. I'm sure Wait, he's not is too Cameron busy. on Twitter? Cam- I have no idea. There's not a good way to like search for Cameron's Twitter because like it's not going to show it up right because there's like I'm, a I'm just searching the real Cameron and seeing if it works, but no. It the real Cameron. <laughs> there's no I mean, good the, like no. I mean, oh, oh, well, okay. oh, he's, 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 he's got he's got Twitter. He's got Twitter. Can I like, DM yeah, him? Mr. Ca- Mr. Underscore Cameron. No, his DMs are closed. Shit. DMs are closed. Well, he does have for booking info GrimeLords2 at gmail.com and a phone number, so we could call. Are his yeah, DMs open? Are whose? Uh Cameron's. Uh, no. Instagram. All his tweets are just links to his Instagram posts. This is how a lot of rappers do, I feel like. I feel like yeah. most hip-hop people are on Instagram. Um, except Vince Staples. I think Vince. Sta- I think half the reason Vince Staples is famous is because, like, he's the only rapper who's on Twitter more than anything. <laughs> Don't I guess, forget Freddie Gibbs. <laughs> I guess Earl and, uh, and Tyler. I mean, he was... Both... No, Freddie Gibbs was an IG guy. I know he's an IG guy, but Until they kicked him out. <laughs> Yeah, until he he was 2K up for IG, and now he's on Twitter. When did Gibbs get kicked kicked out of IG? Oh god, that was like that was like months ago or something. Yeah, a couple months ago. But then he did the same like fucking antics on Twitter now, and everyone's been having fun saying like, "No, Freddie, don't do this to us. Don't be, no, don't do don't this. Be, no, don't be Freddie Gibbs online on Twitter where we can see it." Should I follow Freddie Gibbs on Twitter? It's probably an error. I wouldn't suggest doing so. I don't know if you'd like it, to be honest. <laughs> to be to be honest, if you want just like an extra little like additional chaotic, like, spicy energy on your timeline, maybe it works. I feel like yeah. it'd give you a, a, an insight into like the kind of things Freddie Gibbs thinks is funny that you might not want mm. to know. Yeah. That, this oh, is exactly okay. Okay. You yeah, you know what? I hit the follow button, and as soon as you said that, I'm hitting the unfollow button. <laughs> 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 the button uh, yes, goes both works. ways. Yeah. 
Should we clap? Yeah, sure. Whatever. Yeah, we um, should clap. I do, need, um, I do need a bathroom, so I'm going to do that very, very quickly and be back with you in 20 seconds. Okay. Let's get keep playing Tony Hawk here. That's what, I, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I've been thinking about making an Instagram account just to, like, hang out with people who are not on Twitter that I know, like, in real life, but also, like, who cares about those people? I mean, I don't post pictures, so I don't know what there'd be for me on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I guess just liking pictures, but I don't know. Okay, I'm scrolling yeah. through Gibbs's Twitter, and this is not. Yeah. <laughs> he did tweet at Wale to answer his phone. <laughs> 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 Tweeted at Wale. <laughs> Answer the phone. <laughs> it's just really good. <laughs> Hello. Uh, time.is? Yeah. Did he pick up? I hope he I did. literally fucking closed time.is a second ago when I meant to close Instagram. Nice. Nice. Time.is is informing you that Star Wars Day. It is Star Wars Day. Don't fucking say uh, anything. With... Don't you fucking say shit. Uh, wait. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have a weird audio recording situation because my Cubase was looping. Grogu. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I've sent Star Wars Day and Nora very excitedly, like, crept toward the microphone to whisper Grogu. Thank you, Nora. <laughs> much I love that pitch so much. <laughs> uh, I don't know if my recording might have just completely disappeared from that chat. I'm not sure whether it has or not because I accidentally set my Cubase up wrong and it might have just looped 50 seconds and kept recording over itself, which was very sad if you just lost my audio there. But You know what? The absolute worst case scenario is that we just had a fun time talking together. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Tom, is then? And I am set up recording. We just gotta now. repeat all of this uh, once we're done recording. <laughs> yeah, no. We're not gonna do that. Um, ten seconds? Ten seconds. Alright. Nice. Hi everybody and welcome to Hot Single. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I was gonna try. I couldn't do it. Uh, couldn't do should it. I give it a show instead? <laughs> yeah, sure. I was gonna. I was gonna do another swing at it, but maybe you just do it. Well, all right. Um, hello and uh, hello and everybody. Whew. Let's try that again. Hello, everypony. <laughs> Jesus uh, fucking Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I'm now thinking of like, what would the Sophie track be? But if you swap pony for every or body, I'm not sure. <laughs> body boy? That's not a good. That's not a good thing to have in my head. 